MC, me, Jehovah, hey little soldier, you ain't ready for war, ROC too strong for y'all, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight, pin to a test, chest in a line of fire with your thin vest, you bringing them boys to men, them boys pull in, this is grown man B.I., get you rolled in the triage, your reach ain't long enough, Dunny, your peeps ain't strong enough. Rockefeller is the army, better get the navy. Kidnap your baby, spit at your lady. We bring knife to fist fight, kill your drama. We kill you motherfucking ants with a sledgehammer. Don't let me do it to your dunny, cause I overdo it. So you won't be with that crap. Hey, We on. We on, just like that? Yeah. <laughs> I was too involved in my mix. I couldn't find my instrumental crate. Look, you don't, you don't really got to say or do anything else when there's cake, 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 cake and cake, cherry, cake. cherry, cherry, cherry pie in the building. Team Cake all day. Welcome to Beach Eye Radio at Beach Eye Radio on Twitter. Yeah. I'm actually Team Cake, but I supplied the pie. Okay. It'd be like that sometimes. Word. There we go. We got the background music. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited to be here tonight. This is uh, two weeks in a row. True Master has not been here. He's been in Africa both weeks. <laughs> Food. We just, tons of excess and food last week we were, we were drinking scotchy scotch and, and and like ingesting helium and it was baller status <laughs> oh yeah I forgot, we did that. So, I forgot about the helium, forgot the helium thing, yeah, yeah. yeah so we've been it's all about excess and food and just <laughs> indulging and it's yes. both both times this is like payback I guess because True is over in beautiful South Africa and uh, he left us here so, so we're making him regret it I know he was listening to the podcast today so that'll good. show him good yeah that'll teach him <laughs> the podcast uh, so my name's Masai Host we got with us tonight the uh, JB yep. aka Dirty Moses that's about it. Steve Struess. Yeah. Human. <laughs> DJ Nate the Great. Nate the Great. Okay. Also human. Allegedly. Yeah. Part DJ. Uh, I'm <laughs> and there. empty stomach. Not yeah. for long. To get some cake. Not for long. Help yourself to some cake. And pie. And um, pie. All right. And I'm very excited to introduce our next guest uh, tonight. This has been a long time coming. And I don't know if you listened to the show before, but we're really low budget, so we make the guests introduce themselves. So you just say <laughs> you just say your name, and then how whatever like short like description you'd want people to put in like in the newspaper if they're describing you in a, in a sentence or two. Oh, a whole sentence or two. Sentence or two. <laughs> That's all. Low budget. Low budget. All right. Well, this is Jackie C. Williams. You got to always put the C in there. Oh, okay. I'm the founding director of Filling in the Gap. 
gaps in American history, and I'll be sharing some of my recent experience on the streets of Albany, where a traffic camera was not present at the time. Where you was literally to, on the street. I was on the street. Yes. There is, I'm not kidding. This is my experience on the streets so of when Albany. You, when you hear rappers talk about, I'm in the streets. I'm in the streets. <laughs> you know. really live that life. Jackie is Jackie in the about that life. Talk about street cred. She got more street I, cred than anyone in this I, room right absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're uh, very happy to have you here. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of having a discussion with you uh, on the air. I know a lot of people are tuning in just just to kind of hear what you have to say, and um, over the last few weeks, we, you and I have had a chance to, to talk a lot, and I'm always thinking uh, I wish I were recording this without you knowing and then letting other people hear it. <laughs> so I figure, <laughs> why not just get you in on this, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll record it and, and put it out there for the world to enjoy. But first, uh, something really pressing kind of came to our attention today. Sometimes we have like late breaking news, and it kind of takes over the show a little bit and uh, tonight that pressing question is cake versus pie oh. we, uh, there was a little feud happened on uh, on Facebook earlier where uh, there was just I made a casual post about my love for, for cakes and next thing I know that like an all out war broke out so we figured we'd settle <laughs> it tonight uh, cake versus pie so what we did was we as you saw we, we have several I think we have like eight seven or eight different styles of cake and pie down there do you have a an, like right now do you have a decision or do you want to wait till we eat it all and then oh no I have to sample. There is no way that okay, I am okay. going to render a decision without okay. personal experience. That's M- that's besides, you you served her all cake, no pie, and are now asking for a decision. This is totally unfair. It work, though. She's, she's so reasonable. That's such Jackie, a logical response. Right. Jackie, what kind of pie can I serve to you? Oh, I think I need that cho- that chocolate almond. Okay. Come mm-hmm. this way. I'm going to give you a piece of that, all right? All right. That okay, good. I'll be up there in a second. That chocolate almond looks so good, it, it could be a cake. Uh, so. <laughs> I'll Actually, who wants a piece of that pie? I would. I, I, I want a piece of that pie. All right. Anybody else? I'll JB, it, it's pretty second. rich. It's pretty rich, JB. I'll take a small piece. All right. I mean, if you're handing out slices, I'm all right. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll serve everybody. Some let me, pie. Let me, of course, <laughs> he's handing out slices. Of course. Well, we have to all sample. Of course, yeah. It'd be irresponsible. Yeah. He for samples me to for not a living. This is yeah. I like. Real. It. <laughs> um, so let me read what we have here tonight. We have uh, chocolate overload cake, strawberry cheesecake, assorted cheesecake drops. JB, I saw you eating one of those cheesecake Fair. drops. It's done. They're good, right? Yeah. Cake, team cake. They did look good. We got. I stopped at Hot Spot and we got some Jamaican rum cake. So that's good. I'm about to smash that as well. Yes. Friendly's ice cream cake. Mm, Um, I couldn't find the Carvel, but I hear the Friendly's is even better. So I'm um, looking forward to that. It It actually is. Perfect. And uh, we have the cranberry apple pie from Grandma's uh, up Central Avenue, world-renowned pie place. And uh, they also provided chocolate almond cream pie for tonight. And that's what we're about to indulge in. I just wish I would have known we were going to do this days later. (laughs) What? Because. You're going to be messed up? No. You would have took a lactate or something? No, no, no. I would have cooked something. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, what's up with that? We got almond milk too, so that'll probably go well with the almond pie. Yeah, it does. Yes. It does. It does. Um, so, is that? Did you put that in the fridge? By the way, the almond milk. I, uh, the Nate DJ Nate. If, you, put it in, if, if somebody could, yeah. If not, <laughs> what's that? What'd you say? There's almond milk down there. Can you throw that in the fridge before, just before it's? I, think it's I will. I'll put when that in the chance. fridge. No problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to How the, well does to the bottom milk of this. Mix with uh, Corona Extra. Let's well, you're gonna out. let us know. Let's find out with whiskey and yeah, the usual. Shout out to Albany Distilling Co. As always. Yes. Uh, we will definitely get to the bottom of this by this evening. I know there are... The, I didn't realize the, the vitriol. Like, people are so passionate about it. And when I... You know, when I, even when I first posed it, I thought this was, like, common knowledge that cake is better than pie. You know? It, just, oh, it, it didn't even... Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? It didn't even... I didn't think anyone would be like, wait a minute. Right. Um, but there, there are people that are firmly in the pie camp. And, it, and there was some debate about if cheesecake is actually pie in 
disguise. What are no. you talking about? No, so. the, the name is Kate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the name. name. It's Come in the name. Come you on. know who was having a serious <laughs> fit today? Who? About this. Who else? I, I knowledge. Saw. Oh, yep. That's true. He was. He, yeah, was. he yeah. was going in. Sarah Podber was going in for the pie team, though, really hard. She was, like, convinced that we were all, like, being deceived by cakes, you know, like, <laughs> like we just didn't know what we were talking about. She had all these these reasons why it was definitely team pie. So she right. was, she was, she was firmly on team, uh, team pie, but I haven't been swayed uh, yet. Oh, oh we just lost some Corona. Uh, I haven't been swayed yet. And, uh, I, as I was sampling down there, just putting it out, I'm, I'm no longer like, I, it, to me, it's still just firmly in my mind, team cake. Although this pie is looking really good. This <laughs> is the, what was this? The almond. This is chocolate cream. almond. And I just have to make sure that people this. realize it is not dark chocolate. This is very, very creamy, this is- pale. It is oh, yeah. quite, I mean, in order, because you have to get the essence of it. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to what we're sampling and what our reviews of it, this is a very pale chocolate, and I, the almond is on the outside. I honestly thought you just had a lot of whipped cream on that. I did not see any well, of the cake on that. That's what I thought, right? too. It was right? like, okay, I thought somebody was really being a little bit <laughs> chintzy on the pie. That's good. I'm not Neat. mad about it, though. Uh, it is good. Uh, no, part, take your time. Turn so on. part of the reason this was even being discussed was because yesterday was three three four. 3.14, which is National Pie Day, mm-hmm. and um, we we posted a, a little poll on uh, Beat Shot Radio's Facebook event page, uh, just basically saying like what's your you know what's your favorite pie. Now the winner of that was apple pie. Surprisingly, mm. for me anyway, I thought apple pie was just kind of like a standard basic pie answer, um, but it came in first place, followed by pecan pie, chocolate cream pie, which is what we're eating now. And sweet potato pie. Those were the, those rounded out the top four. Hmm. You're glad. Oh, JB's. <laughs> well, sweet potato had to make it in there. Had to make mm. a, a stand. Absolutely. And come in in a better mm, uh, 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 position. lineup position yeah. than pumpkin pie. Yeah. Pumpkin, well, I mean, considering all the yeah. folks that are actually from Mississippi mm. that are in the Albany area, there is no way that sweet potato pie <laughs> would not have appeared. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm so glad we have you here. You're like this wealth of knowledge, and we're just going to talk about pie all night. <laughs> Everyone's okay. We're making with that. the most of it. Yeah, yeah let's, just, <laughs> let's just do that. Um, so we'll could just keep eating this throughout the night. Uh, but uh, if you, by the way, if you're listening at Beach Shot Radio, shoot us your pie uh, cake preferences. We'll we'll keep track of those too. Um, but I want to talk about the car incident, the, the car accident. Because there was a lot of speculation, some people uh, were, you know, a lot of people in the community were concerned when they heard what had happened. Can right from you, can you tell us what happened uh, that evening when it happened, and and what you remember from the incident? Well, actually, it was exactly five weeks ago tonight. Oh, okay. On uh, Tuesday, February 9th, I was walking east on Central Avenue, about to cross at the intersection, and have to make people realize I was at the crosswalk, at the traffic light, mm. looked both ways, left, right, left, as we are taught. And was walking. I had stepped out into the intersection of Central and Henry Johnson. And next thing I knew, I heard a thud. I felt a pain. And I was in the street because a car that was driving down, driving also east on Central, turned left at the light. And he had the green light. I have to say, he or she had the green light. However, for those of you who haven't been checking out your DMV rules and regulations in some time, you can make a left on green as long as there are no pedestrians. As long as you don't hit a person. That's the only rule. As it's long as like you don't hit a person. You are not to turn into a human being that is in the intersection walking across the street. And that's what happened. Literally, I was I was up and then I was down. Okay. Wow. I didn't even realize that. So they turned um, left on 
uh, on Henry Johnson. They were turning left onto Henry Johnson. Okay. And then terrible corner. And then I heard, and then I mean, I had just passed the Townsend home, so of course there were lots of people out. There was a brother right on the fence, you know, having a cigarette. There were there was a police car parked on Central, so I heard all this commotion about, oh bleep, can we do bleeps on here? Yeah, yeah, we don't. But okay, it's like, oh shit, somebody hit her! Like, look at that! Like, and they didn't even stop. (laughs) And that's when I realized, huh? What? Oh shit! I'm laying in the street, (laughs) and it was wet and it was cold. Oh, it was cold. It was really cold. There were, you know, people were running over to see what they could do and offering to call nine one one. And somebody was asking me if I was hurt. I said, Yeah, a car just hit me. (laughs) And um, that was very brilliant of them. Are you hurt, lady? (laughs) I'm in the street, not of my own volition. And I did say, Could you please go to the social justice center and tell my friends? Okay. And they just kept saying, What did you say? Go to thirty three Central. Tell my friends that Jackie just got hit. Okay. Well, let me let me take it from there because I was in the social justice center with uh, Kleena and Sarah and Sophia and a bunch of people with Capillary Against Mass Incarceration. We were having our monthly meeting, and the random guy you're talking about came in in like a panic, and he's like, "Do you guys know Jackie Williams?" And we're like, "Yes." And he goes, "She just got hit by a car." Like oh in in like God. the worst, like you know, the worst way you what could break that news, news to somebody. Yeah. So we all oh jump up, and then he says like, "He's like, calm down. There's nothing you can do now." Like, <laughs> As we yeah, she's up. already hit. Like, like the, you know, wow. like the police are already on the road, whatever. And at that point, it was just kind of like, get out of my way, you know, idiot. And uh, and we all ran outside. And yeah, you. I mean, you were. It was it was scary as hell. You're like you're laying in the street. Your your limbs were in a position that did not look comfortable. Or it we, was not comfortable. Yeah. At that point, we thought more like your limbs may have been broken. We didn't know how how badly you've been hit or what state you were in. And somebody was it was it Kleana who kept saying, you know, she's on the ground. Get her off the ground. Let's get a blanket under her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were trying to get your. Well, it was because it was so cold. We knew we couldn't move you substantially, cold. but it was like freezing cold that night. And uh, you were just laying on the ground. And w- uh, we were hoping was that they could. And they're all these. looking at me. All I could do because I'm on the ground, mm-hmm. kind of in a quasi fetal position. Yeah. Because I remember that I knew that I shouldn't move. Mm-hmm. It's like I think a car hit me. Something might go wrong mm-hmm. if you move. So I could only see what was maybe three or four inches off the ground. And all I remember is looking over, seeing fireman boots. Mm-hmm. And then I saw policeman shoes. Mm. And then I saw civilian shoes. And it's kind of like, you know, are my friends here yet? Because all I see are, you know, kind yeah. of government shoes. Yeah. Well, they, they kicked, they kind of scurried us away, you know, obviously like they do when the paramedics showed up, just kind of give us space, that type of thing. Um, but we were, we were out there, what I thought was relatively quickly. Um, were you conscious the whole time for the entire thing? Yeah, I believe I was conscious. And that's why I know that I wasn't hit across the street. I didn't go flying over a hood. Okay. The thought of, I mean, I've never been hit by a car before. I've been in car accidents where I had a car around me, mm-hmm. but I've never had a car run into my body, and I thought it was a very, not something I'm, I plan on doing again, for sure, but the thought of, you no, know, a car hit me, I am laying in the ground, mm-hmm. there is no car here, there is no one saying, oh, I'm sorry, lady, yeah. and um, these people ask me really stupid questions. Can I ask you a stupid question? Please. Uh, ha- yeah. uh, do you, if you don't mind, how old are you? I am 62. All right, you're 62. So somebody hit a 62-year-old person and left. They just left. Left be laying in the street. Wow. That's that's like amazing. I can't even understand. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah, like how do you how do you do that? I feel like there's a hierarchy of people I'd hit and then consider leaving. <laughs> right, yeah. And at the bottom of that would be a 62-year-old and then probably like a, a toddler. Yeah, right? right. I, I can't believe they just uh, they just Jeez. left the scene. Uh, what what came of that? Did, did, were we able to... Were they able to like track the person down? What do you, did you see anything? or You know, all the things that we know from watching television and movies and we know what type of technology is available and we know how 
many cameras are, are out there all the time. So things that we do in life, mm-hmm. apparently there weren't any that night. Wow. Which, you know, as we later, as I later came to find out, as I was trying to find out to get a copy of it and the rest of it, that obviously the humans who saw things might have been confused, but there might have been camera evidence in order to get the license plate and the person who was driving to let them know they're responsible. So at the time, I'm just laying there trying to decide how much hurt the worst and what was going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then people were asking, well, what did you see? Who did you see? And it wasn't until I got into the ambulance and a female police officer handed me a piece of paper or tried to hand me a piece of paper saying it was the accident um, report. And there was nothing on it. Nothing. Her last name. Um, let's see. It didn't even have the date. It had her last name on it and an incident number. Mm. So where we were looking to see, okay, what was the plate number of the car? Who's the witness? Mm. Was it Tom? Was it Mary? Was it Joe? Because somebody, with all the people who were there, somebody must have gotten something that was important and would be critical. Mm -hmm. At that time, my hip hurt. At that time, my ribs hurt. At that time, my elbow hurt. Mm -hmm. At that time, I just wanted to stop hurting. It's five weeks later now. Was there? Were they able to find any information? Were you able to track down any like descriptors of the car or the plate number or anything? I know a few people who had witnessed it. Obviously, at this point, I know that it was a white Toyota. White Toyota. That's the most common color vehicle in this country. I don't know where Toyota ranks as far as the car, but uh, white doesn't do anything. And the idea of, well, gee, didn't the camera catch it? I was told that traffic cameras would not be aimed at the correct angle to catch a plate. I was told that if even if they had captured the image of someone, it wouldn't be clear enough. Mm-hmm. I was told that the cameras were not working that night. But I was also told that there were no cameras at that intersection. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I still don't have complete information. And that's an intersection that has one of the new red light cameras. Mm-hmm. So there are signs all over the place that says that there are cameras. However, and if that's you get, what I don't understand. How is there no evidence? If you get hit by a vehicle... And then all of a sudden, there's no cameras. Oh, God. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, White, White Devil's, Devil's Advocate. I'd like to interject here. Um, I'd like, can somebody give me a ride to work tomorrow? <laughs> Is your car in the shop? I actually have a white Camry. Um, and it's in the shop getting some, some body work done. dent on it. Do <laughs> have a Jackie-sized dent in the hood? Uh, the just, off- a, just a ride, guys. Just a ride. That's should, all actually, know. let's build a profile because right. in the off chance some of our listeners may know, if you know somebody who drives a white Toyota and has no heart and they leave uh, an elderly person laying in the street uh, after being struck and uh, they're a bad driver and they probably have like a micro penis or something. They, if you know... Oh, if this, about Donald Trump. This sounds familiar to you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah. But if you if this sounds familiar to you or if you just happen to know someone who was in the area five weeks ago driving a white Toyota acting, you know, some type of way, let us know. You know, drop us a little tweet. Drop us a little we'll information. We'll uh, the city's small. I feel, mm-hmm. like, I feel like every time somebody's ex goes to... Uh, price shop or someone gets a text around the way like why can't we the city's small let's keep this (laughs) let's get this information how could someone not have gone to work or school the next day and said you know you can't believe what happened or wow Mm. what should I do or what if I killed them Mm -hmm. now I got on television you have people who wake up days later and you know what if they what if we say that you won't get into trouble
trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. probably put it on Vine and Instagram or something. Right. Like, it's just a little. Guys, guess what I just did? Never believe what just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Snapchat. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, that's such a. That's one of the busiest corners that I know of in Albany as well, too. That corner, no matter when you go there, there's always tons of cars, tons of traffic, tons of foot traffic. It sounds mm-hmm. like it goes at maybe early evening. It happened. Well, it was 7 o'clock. I was on my way to the Cami meeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's blows my mind that yeah. more information. I mean, white, like you said, white Toyota is about as. It's the most helpful. common car yeah. ever. Did it's someone say white? No. Just go away. Oh. We've had enough of you. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's that's really bad. What yeah. um what injuries uh, did you sustain? Because for people listening, you're you're sitting here now in like a full body cast. You have a, a neck brace on, and you have, you have like thumb casts on. I didn't even know they made those. What uh, <laughs> what, what injuries crazy. did you sustain? Well, after discussing which hospital to go to, we ended up at Albany Med, who did a very thorough job of cat scanning and x-raying pretty much every body part that I have and some of the ones I wasn't sure that I had. And because, just as you say, a 62 about to turn 63. Birthday's coming up, folks. <laughs> but the idea that cake, there is cake, no way. Cake, 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 cake. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring the cake. We'll, we'll see we'll what the winner <laughs> The idea of a vehicle running into a human being and not doing huge damage. So they kept poking and prodding, you know, asking me how it felt. It hurts. It still hurts. But according to the x-rays, there was potentially only two fractures, and one of which was in the top of my spine, mm-hmm. and the other one was my left elbow. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. And everything else just hurt. It was bone bruised and what they call soft tissue damage, which means we know that you got hit hard, and it will eventually stop hurting after we give you enough morphine. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's called my left occipital condylase, mm-hmm. which is at the top of the spine, and it's the place where your spine connects with your skull. Mm. That sounds so, important. Yeah, it's basically it's so that your head opinion. doesn't fall off. Okay. So <laughs> I yeah, feel like that needs to be in top shape. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of important, and right. as people were, you know, that kind of expression they have on their face that we're going to get back to you. We need to, we need to consult with somebody. We need to consult with someone. So you know it's not good. Mm-hmm. So when they actually came and they showed me, they said, no, I need to see it. Don't just tell me. You have to show me because I don't know what you're talking about. So they brought the x-rays in so they could pull it up on the monitor and show me the little place where it was supposed to be connected and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of daylight where there shouldn't have been daylight. Really? The, the bone of your spine is supposed to be connected to the bone <laughs> of your skull. So what, do they fill it in with adamantium or does it does it? I was hoping for that. No. <laughs> Yes, it was. I mean, hey. they, they rebuilt you from the ground up. Hey, vibranium. Vibranium. Hey, there you go. You got to get anything here. Black Panther. But, uh, yeah, I know about Black Panther. Of course. Yes. Hey, I'm, a original, I'm an original Marvel lady here. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about this <laughs> all night to, now. Yeah. Cancel the show, guys. Scrap yeah. this. <laughs> but as far as fractured, I mean, actually having a fracture in your spine doesn't sound good. And if it's at the place where it connects to your head. So I was in, and everyone kept holding my head because you described that I'm in this neck brace right now. In the hospital, I couldn't do anything because one nurse had to hold my head in place. And I was wondering if it was going to fall off because they were so serious about holding my head. So from that time, and since they now had it verified, my neck brace was a part of me for the next almost five weeks that they said it would take they had you to check to see if and this is 24-7 you don't take this off to go to sleep 
you if you take off one to take a shower, you've got to put on the other one. So you take off the one that you can't get wet with the one that can get wet and make sure somebody is there to hold your head. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very scary. That is very how, scary. How are you doing now? Is there anything you want people to know who maybe haven't have been curious but haven't checked in? Are you didn't want to bother you? Are you do you feel like you're on the road to recovery or I'm alive. You're alive. And as of this week, I've been told. Actually, last week. Wow, it was last week. I've been told that my occipital condylase is growing back. Okay. So yay! Even, so, yay for occipital condylase! <laughs> oh, I need my claps. I got to get my sound effects up for the next sound time effect. something good happens. <laughs> yes, but you know, one of the concerns about bones growing back in your sixties. I mean, it's one thing if you break a bone and you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't bounce the same as I did. You know, 40 years ago, <laughs> and the thought of having a permanent fracture or having to hold my head on for the rest of my life definitely was a fear. Mm. It was a fear. So I'm glad to I'm glad to let the listening audience know that it is growing back. It is healing. I still have difficulty with my peripheral vision and movement and my balance. So those are things I'm still working on. Nice. Well, I'm definitely glad to hear that. And um, I mean, you definitely look a lot better from seeing you laying on that street to <laughs> like now you were just you just like jutted up a flight of stairs earlier. I'm like, OK, <laughs> even with the neck brace on, you're, you're very spry. And uh, I was, I was spry. spry. I'm only 62, not 92. Oh, sorry. It's he uses the me. same spry. word. Masai uses the same word to describe describe himself. That's so true. He called himself I spry. Am, I, did, yeah. Yeah. I, I am also very yeah. spry. And, right. and we're in about the same health. I haven't been hit by a car, but I'm, you and I are in about the exact same health right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> hey, it happens. Um, you, I saw you tonight for the first time with the neck brace off. Uh, are you? When are you able to lose that for good, or is it kind of just uh, as you, as you it's feel? It's as I feel. I was told to try to you know, wean off a little bit more each day. And what I didn't realize is how heavy the human head is. <laughs> what is it like? 8 to 12 Habit. pounds or something crazy mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, like 10 to 12, yeah. Okay. Because the idea of like normally, and that's what that's the job of your neck. Mm-hmm. Your neck is supposed to hold your head. Mm-hmm. So, but with a neck brace on, and this brace, for those who haven't seen it, imagine Stormtrooper mask, mm-hmm. and you've got something under your chin, you've got a shoulder brace that's holding up there. So basically, the brace has been doing all the work. So taking it off and forcing my neck muscles to start to hold up my head is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And 10 pounds may not sound like much to people who work out and do all that other stuff, but uh, try it sometime. Mm. And I hope, the, I hope and you never try that. The, yeah. normal, the normal position that you're in to read or to watch things has your head tilted. The brace keeps it up. Mm-hmm. So if I take it off for a while in the morning and I put it back on midday, then I take it back you know, on and off a couple of times. I can walk around, and it's really great to walk around without the brace. I can actually see things, mm-hmm. and which sounds kind of funny, but the brace keeps your head propped up, so you can't see things so lose, that like, are like, up yeah, I can't too. see my waist. Oh, okay. I do actually well, have a waist. Nice, I, I do can. actually have it, <laughs> but like, you can't see to put your shoes on, to tie your shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. You know, if you're trying to walk up and down, and you don't think about how much you rely on a sense your sense of balance knowing where you are if you can't honestly look to the side or look down you have to trust like kind of like trust your feet if there's something below you that mm. your feet will let you know right. and if your friends come visit that no one pulls out anything low that you might trip over right. so I've been trusting people the last five weeks to keep me safe and they have wow. they have fed me they have kept me safe they have kept me happy um that has been, <laughs> there it is. yay, 
Yay! <laughs> because it is scary. Yeah, that that was something uh, that came out of this that that I thought was kind of positive. Uh, you after this happened, Cleanna uh, and oh, I want to uh, possibly Sophia went to uh, who else? Someone else went to the hospital with you. Um, um, I had Anne. Oh, okay. it was like Anne, Sophia, Cleanna, you, and Mark. Okay, so a few people went uh, even that night though. I, I didn't make that night, but a few people went right with you, and then from there, uh, the community, like people in the community, kind of pulled together together and were just like. Well, you know, how, let's let's do this. Like, let's just kind of take shifts, make sure we can check on you, get you everything we need, and we use the um, the meal train website to kind of coordinate it. So a bunch of people reached out to us, and we're just like, how can we, you know, how can we get involved? What can we do? And everyone signed up, so we kind of took shifts. And I happened to work right next to the hospital uh, where you were, so that was cool. Uh, so uh, some a few days we were able to walk over on lunch, just kind of check and see how you're doing. And uh, one, like I said, one positive thing that came out of it was we found ourselves some of the younger people in the community just hanging out with you pretty regularly and uh and we start feeling like wow you know we probably should have been doing this more often <laughs> just anyway you know but it's, it's cranky old lady well it took something like this and next thing I know well I mean next thing I know you and I were hanging out we're drinking like malt liquor it was just like hanging out with my other friends <laughs> trunk bar you had trunk bar rocking yeah we had a, we had a few drinks some All good right. conversations it was like it was just trunk like bar was popping <laughs> trunk bar was popping it was like hanging out with you guys blue motorcycle less, uh, <laughs> I don't know like spillage and fart jokes and stuff we, 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 had, good, we had good conversations and your house is like a library so there's all these like cool books around and um, you're always like doing research you actually helped me, me re- research some stuff with uh, related to the UAlbany incident um, so it's just been really interesting and I know a lot of the other people who've been involved with the with the meal train and just hang out have all shared different experiences just from just being in your presence uh, as you recover um, now obviously as soon as you're fine we're just going to forget about you and never go back just to totally that again disappear. Uh, and for that I'm sorry but no it's been really it's been really it's been you've done your time <laughs> We did it. That was it. Our attention span is brief. It's Twitter era. Uh, no, actually, I hope that that doesn't happen because it's been really uh, rewarding. And uh, hopefully you you haven't gotten sick of us too quickly either. Um, You're my youngins. We're the youngins. Uh. Cool. I like that because uh, like the fly right, the people that were the kids that we work with were the, just the old, uncool people. So that's, right. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> um, so but in uh, terms of I want to back up to the yeah, idea yeah. that having somebody with you immediately, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the you know, early terrors in my life would be that something would happen to me or that I would get killed and no one would know who I was. Mm. So having all of you show the, show up, be there immediately, that was, it was so the relief of having to talk to other people or to try to explain things. So anyone who goes to the hospital, and I hope that no one has got to go to the emergency department, make sure you're not alone. You've got to have a friend. You've got to have family. You've got to have a neighbor. The person who's actually experiencing something, all they can do is really focus focus on themselves. Having somebody else find your insurance card, having somebody else say what's going on or to give the address is more than a little bit helpful. And what was especially great is the hospital staff was put on alert immediately because even though they didn't have room for me immediately, they got me into a room and everything else. And here comes Masai with lunch. (laughs) How many people have somebody bring them lunch in a hospital? So the hospital Staff's like, who is this? And then <laughs> somebody else sucks, showed right? up for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. Like, well, who do we have here? And let's let's make sure that we are that people, we come right. People cared as soon as uh, it was known what happened to you. Uh, like I said, the community just kind of stepped stepped forward. And I think uh, there are a lot of people in this community who are valued pillars of the community that may think they don't have a lot of family, but the second you something happens, you realize how important and significant you are. 
and people came out of the work work people that who didn't even know each other but knew you and you were like that um, that common denominator uh, came together and next thing I know we're like carpooling and sorting out and connecting so um, it was it was really eye opening and um, yesterday well, I mentioned yesterday was Pi Day yes, it was also my mother's birthday now Ooh. my mother passed away uh, four, uh, what, four years ago and I know uh, two of the other people in this room recently lost their, their mothers also and I uh, I used to take care of my mother because as her health was deteriorating and after she passed I hadn't really done that so in an odd way taking care of you felt like kind of like at home and familiar and it made me realize that just because like you know you lose a close family member it's not just like that's it you know that family mm-hmm. ends necessarily with with that blood connection or you got now you got to wait for your sisters to get old before you get uh, no no I don't mean old but like just like get yeah, to the point where they need care take your foot out of your mouth it's too late I'm sorry you know what I meant <laughs> no, you, I, like, no, you to, naturally fell in and I didn't realize I didn't connect it at first I did after a while the fact that you did quite a bit with your mother mm-hmm. and I felt truly honored that you would extend yourself to me the same type of caring that you gave to your mother well thank you. it was, my, it was my honor I'm, I'm glad that I was able to you know I don't have a son or a grandson who was present who I mean they've chosen not to be part of my life mm-hmm. so to have someone choosing to be in my life was very very special so I thank you do we have an awe we need a clap for something for that. I don't know. <laughs> aww we need an aww do we have an aww aww next week next week and there you go we'll take that we'll take that for oh, okay. and I definitely want to uh, how about this this might be appropriate damn Daniel damn Daniel <laughs> that's back uh, and I definitely want to acknowledge uh, Sophia and Sarah Podber and Angelica and Kleana and um, uh, Carmen Rao and a lot of the other people who were involved in setting up and making sure that people were there in the car was there and everything because that, uh, that that was definitely just kind of one of those things where I jumped on that but it was already going and yes. uh, and they definitely spearheaded that um, so and it was cool. having people many? remind each other like yep. have you checked in well do I have Tuesday well I have Wednesday but I want it Wednesday yep, okay yep. you need to take Thursday <laughs> or, or I'm gonna bring uh, jerk chicken they're like I brought jerk chicken the other night that was a big <laughs> argument we can't, that, that would occur every once in a while like, I'm bringing jerk chicken no, no I'm bringing bring jerk chicken Kana, she's already like, had yeah. enough of that <laughs> with Kana, we kept going to the same like place like I just went there the other day um, I, I know a few times I was over there or uh, and other people would show up or other people were there and then I would show up so that was there was there was some miscommunication but it always it, it seemed to work out so so that was cool I didn't get lonely and I didn't starve yep then that, that's the goal that's yes. what that's that's yeah. our goal that's, that's beautiful um, sure. so now that we know that you're in recovering uh, phys- physical health how are your how are you feeling mentally because we're about to do some trivia Let's see. <laughs> okay. Let's go. This is this is uh, Let's go. dedicated to you. This is Jackie trivia, uh, and pretty, we try to do yeah. Please have some pie. We'll take a quick pie, pie break while, uh, while I explain. <laughs> pie this. break. Uh, we try to do like some thematic trivia uh, throughout the weeks as, as we go, and and this one is kind of laid out just like a an extended Jeopardy category, and it's just loosely connected clues. Oh, Jeopardy music, yes, Perfect. loosely connected clues <laughs> uh, related to uh, people who happen to share your name. Now you spell your name with. J- J-A-C-Q-U-I. Okay. Um, that's probably the best spelling of Jackie I think that's I've the best spelling. Unfortunately, it's not the I'm most so common. I'm so glad you like it. Well, but the reason is I grew up with three other girl Jackies and two boy Jackies. Mm-hmm. So even at, you know, in elementary age, I knew I had to stand out. Mm. So that, Wait, were were those your brothers and sisters? No. Okay, I was going to say. Everybody. Was everybody. Yeah. No. Jackie. Jackie. No. Jackie. That's why no. the C is so important. Jackie. Like, Jackie. No, actually, the C is from my father and my grandfather. Oh, I'm, really? I'm oh, JC3. Yeah. Oh, so right. if you, oh, I mean, among my various iterations, JC3 Consulting is also me. And the JC3 is 
I'm Jacqueline Sherrill. My father and grandfather were John Caesar. And actually, my younger brother is Jonathan Christopher. He's JC4. Oh, nice. So if it doesn't have a C, it's not me. Nice. Ooh, I like Put that, that on the card. Bam. That's on the card right there. <laughs> All right. So let's get into Jackie trivia. Uh, so I'm going to just read the clue, and you guys have to answer in the form of a question. Ooh. I would like to ask that you let me read the entire question for the people playing at home on Twitter. Once again, at Beachout Radio. Uh, you can tweet your <laughs> answers to us. Should okay? we ding? Yes, uh, I have to ding. Okay. Yeah, you have to say ding. ding. You have to say ding. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Uh, Jackie Trivia at Beach Out Radio. This is Hong Kong martial artist and actor Jackie Chan's highest grossing film to date, narrowly besting 2008 smash hit Kung Fu Panda. One more time. This is Hong Kong martial artist and actor Jackie Chan's highest grossing film to date, narrowly besting 2008 smash hit Kung Fu Panda. Ding. We got a ding from JB. What do we got? Rush Hour 2. Ooh, yes. What? Correct. A, oh, <laughs> Rush Hour 2. Oh, Jackie Chan, not Bruce Lee. My bad. Wow, oh. that was racist. <laughs> that was, that was racist. horrible. <laughs> You're right. Oh, no. It totally was. It was. And also, you nothing know what? to do with a Jackie. And nothing you know what? I wasn't even trying to. Jackie. Dude, I wasn't even trying to be funny. My brain was like, Bruce Lee. Bruce you Lee. went right there. <laughs> Yo, I totally did. I shit. am so You're fucked fired. up. So, <laughs> oh, my God. The whole point of the Don't show is now. Don't beat yourself up. No, that's funny. I, I love it. Have some pie. You feel exactly. bad? Just do exactly. the rest of this with White Devil's Advocate voice on. You'll be fine. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Rush Hour 2, which actually came out in 2001. Uh, Kung Fu Panda was 2008. Uh, and that's still his highest grossing film. Uh, for people <laughs> wondering for the... Rounding out the top uh, four was uh, Kung Fu Panda 2. And then, uh, remember when he did Karate Kid, the remake? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the remake. They're yeah. Pretty, yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. Close, yeah. That's a pretty well, too. That came, that came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the answer to that was Rush Hour 2, which, uh, oh, they have a Rush what Hour. What about Drunken Master? How did that do? I don't know. I don't have that It's a good movie. <laughs> that was a way better movie than Rush Hour 2. I agree. Agreed. Really good movie, but definitely not. They, they're doing a Rush Hour uh, sitcom It's a TV now. show. Yeah, yeah, but with to just two totally different guys. Oh, that sucks. It's kind of hard to lock down those two guys. Well, they couldn't afford those. Guys, that's, yeah. that's probably why. They're yeah. probably busy. Everyone had the same reaction though. When the, I think the commercial came on the Super Bowl or something, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "That sucks." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here we go. Uh, Jackie trivia: This American comedian, actor, and, mu- and musician developed a style and characters in his career from growing up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he was known for his brash visual and verbal comedy style, exemplified by his iconic TV character Ralph Cramden. Oh, that's easy. Oh, Steve? No, it's J- you got it, Nate. Go ahead. No, I'm going to give everybody a second on Twitter. I'm going to give everybody a second oh, okay. on Twitter. And ready? Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's correct. Uh, who's uh, Jackie Gleason? You didn't answer in the form of a question. No, oh, so. who, is who is Jackie Gleason? I'll take that point. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> got it there. All right. Ding. Uh, that's that's karma getting me back for the whole Bruce Lee true. thing. <laughs> oh so my racist. I, I can't help it. Ah! <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, Jackie Trivia, part three um, at Beach Eye Radio. In what decade did Jackie Robinson become the first African-American to break the Major League Baseball color line? What decade? Oh, dang. Oh, I know. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Jackie. 40. You can play this. Ding. Okay, wait, wait. ding. I want Jackie. Yeah, Jackie, what do you got? <laughs> what decade? What, what decade? It was the 1940s. Correct. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> no, yes. none of you actually did know that. <laughs> no, I did know that. I, I swear. swear. Oh, okay. uh, do, uh, does anybody want to narrow it down a little more? Do we know the year? 47. 40, yeah, 47. Oh, 47. now that. Jackie, killing Jackie All trivia. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, in uh, 1947, uh, Jackie Robinson, he was playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He he was uh, first base. 
and uh, he broke the the color barrier. Wearing number forty forty two. Nice. Do you have any Do you have any more random facts about that? I feel like there's something. <laughs> Tell me something. I mean, six I would, foot one. Huh? Well, it's like, well, you know, he went to UCLA on a track scholarship. I did not know that. Oh wow! Well, he played. He, he played four different sports, and football was the worst. Really? So well, between football, he was tossed between football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I, re- I read. St- I've heard stories about how in his contract he had like that clause where if people were to mm-hmm. spit on him or throw yep. things at him, he just couldn't, to stand. He couldn't react. Could, could not react. Wow. He could not be an angry black man. That was it. It was in his contract. It was in his contract. Mm-hmm. But the other part that most people don't know about Jackie Robinson is that he was in the service in World War II. Mm-hmm. He actually was an officer because he was a college graduate. Oh. He was, you know, officer and a gentleman. Mm-hmm. However, while he was down in the great state of Texas, I do believe, wearing his uniform, he was told to get to the back of the bus. Mm. And the officer and him said, like, no, hell no. And he was court-martialed. Really? Oh, wow. He was and this was sure. after he's already famous or just... He, he wasn't, no, well, he, was wasn't, before, he right. wasn't playing baseball yet. So he had graduated college mm-hmm. and before baseball. And so... That whole clause about him keeping his cool was extra ironic because when he was in the service and he was called all kinds of words that are inappropriate mm-hmm. and got court-martialed for it. Wow. wow. Amazing. I mean, by the way, this is what happens whenever I'm at Jackie's house. Oh, and by the way. Oh, by the way. And I'll get an awesome history lesson. That's awesome. So that's, uh, awesome. so that's one of the, the cool things about just hanging out. There's just, <laughs> just like bestowing wisdom randomly, just right. casually. Like she'll be washing a cup and just tell me something I never knew about life. <laughs> that's right. awesome. Uh, so let's Let's get this going. Jackie Trivia at Beach Eye Radio. Uh, born in Southampton, Jackie Onassis, who went on to become the wife of the 31st president, uh, 31st, 35th president mm-hmm. of the United States, attended what historically all women's college in upstate New York? Oh, well, I don't have. I don't, wait, I'm not Can you put the music yet. on? Can you do, do something, DJ? Uh- <laughs> Jackie Onassis um, attended what historically all women's college in upstate New York? Oh, well, Ding? Yes, Ding. Uh, Skidmore. Form of a question, Nate. That is not correct. That is not correct. Uh, Do you know the answer? Nope, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Ding. It's Ding. Oh, who uh, said Ding? I don't I did. Okay, Nate, apparently. Nate, no, no, no see. Ding again. Sorry, I'm right, fine. Does anyone want it to I was going to guess the only other all women's college in upstate New York that I knew. What do you got? Which would be, Sa- what would be Sage. Oh, no. Nope. Oh. Nope. That was my no. other guess. It was, uh, no. All right, so I'll read the whole thing uh, again. So, born in Southampton, Jackie Onassis attended what historically all women's college in upstate New York. So, no other. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll tell you the city. Bastard? Can I tell you? Yeah, Vassar. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was. Uh... I can't remember. Yeah, she. Uh, so Jackie got that. She. Uh, 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 Vassar in Poughkeepsie, New York, oh. before she was the uh, the first. What is what is first, first Flotus? The Flotus. Yes, the Flotus. Flotus. That's so funny. I like that's a thing now. Is that, was that not a Flotus. thing? Yeah, I want to know. Was Flotus? I feel like that was new. These are new things, right? I think so. Yeah. I never no, heard this growing up. Flotus is new no, with, been with Michelle Obama, I think. I yeah. No. Flotus no. with. It. All right, you guys, you did. All right, have you ever heard of West Wing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the TV for, show. Yeah, yeah for a lot of people, that was the first time that they had oh. heard about Flotus. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely oh. that, around that time. But when, as growing up as a kid, no, I didn't call it that. No, no, I'm all about it. I feel like in the Twitter age, it's much more I mean that's yeah. literally his Twitter yeah because you don't need yeah. yeah everything we use no, actually real words back then before right. Twitter so <laughs> who's got time for that alright here we go uh, Jackie Trivia speaking of Twitter at Beach Out Radio with your answers uh, born Yaakov Mosh Maza in Sheboygan Wisconsin he grew up on the lower east side of Manhattan New York City and was ordained as a rabbi before deciding to pursue comedy oh 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 you gotta say ding <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know it yet, oh, but I'm really excited okay. he was a rabbi. Born, yeah, you got to know this. You're Jewish, man. <laughs> you got to know all the Jews. <laughs> born, what's, what's the name? What's born Yaakov. <laughs> oh, wait. Born y- Yaakov Moshe Maza in Sheboygan, Ooh, Wisconsin. Uh, he t- was ordained <laughs> rabbi before deciding to pursue a career in comedy. I got it if nobody what else do we got, got it. What do you got, Nate? Jackie Mason. Mm. Correct. Jackie Mason. Yeah! Comedian yeah. Jackie Mason. I don't have any other tidbits about him, but, uh, <laughs> I, but I watched some of his... his uh, there's clips of him on YouTube that are funny. Okay. Here we go. Um, this two-time Grammy Hall of Fame inductee was an inspiration for Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, and James Brown. Uh, oh wait, I'll play some music. This two-time Grammy Hall of Fame inductee was an inspiration for Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, and James Brown. I know who that is. I'm just, I gotta look through my music library real quick. I know who it is. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I know who it is. <laughs> okay, Nate. Does anybody else want to answer? Anybody else want to answer? I shamefully do not know this one. <laughs> Oh, surprise, Teresa. Anybody? No, let him have it. Jackie Wilson. <laughs> Throw him a bone. Yes, Jackie Wilson. Had to be. I was saying that in my head. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Jackie Wilson. Because who else would it have been? What, what music? Did you have music queued up? Or? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I kind of cheated. I actually had to um, look at my um, my library. And so, for example... Any other jacks? There you go. Oh, yeah. no. There we go. There you go. Let's let it rock a little bit. This is a good one. It'd be nice if we could get all the way to the chorus. Hold up. Oh, there it is. Higher than I've ever Let it play. Pie break. Let it play for a second. Get it on this pot. Quench my desire. And I'll be at your side all right, all right, all right. You good? You, right, got, you good, got your pie? I'm good. This is good pie. All right. This is a good uh, song, so too. So This was from... Now, wasn't <laughs> a version of this in Ghostbusters 2? Oh, dang. I didn't see Ghostbusters 2. Whoa, whoa. All right. We need to stop the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> you <laughs> never saw Nate's Ghostbusters 2? When the hell did... Did Ghost... <laughs> oh, wait. I thought that they were about to release Ghostbusters. The remake... What do you mean about the to? The remake is coming out. Yeah. Oh, that's a remake. That's not number two. No. Yes. There was oh. a number two? Yes. Oh, my. Yes, definitely, It's one of bro. the best. Oh, film. Oh. Life not fail. only is there number Life two, fail. it's better than the first one. I only saw the first one. Oh, no, maybe I did see, see the two. second one. You, yeah. you would have remembered. You would never go in the refrigerator again. <laughs> so, so, in, so in Ghostbusters 2, uh, I'm going to spoil this for you because it's 25 years later. Uh, <laughs> They, the Ghostbusters are trying to like move the Statue of Liberty, and they have they they have to cover it in this in this slime, this like organic. Oh yeah, I saw Ghostbusters too. I remember slime. that. And Nate, the way to on. get it to move is music, <laughs> and it loves Jackie Wilson, the slime. So they play, they play that, that song, song higher, and, ah. and they ride the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and the Statue of Liberty like walks. Classic, on the street. dude. Yeah, spoiler alert. Classic. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, Jackie Wilson. We'll do two more of these. Um, Sports Illustrated. Uh, this is uh, Jackie trivia at Beach Chat Radio. Sports Illustrated voted this African American three time Olympic gold medalist the greatest female athlete. Of the 20th century. Oh, I should know this. Jackie Joint Ding. Yeah, 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 you got it. Who is? Ja- who is Jackie Joyner Kersey? That's correct. Hey. Jackie Joyner Kersey. Yep. Uh, and it was a uh, Sports Illustrated Women magazine actually voted her the the greatest female athlete of the 20th century. That's no uh, oh, wow. small feat. That's huge. That's so, so, so. There was a lo- there was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. That time. That's that's crazy. Uh, what just happened with uh, Serena Williams' competitor was it Sharapova? Yeah. Maria. Was- 
Yeah, she she got caught using she'd performance been, enhancement. She'd been using. She had um, been using for like eleven years or something. Right, like that, right. It's like that whole time that she and Serena has been going at it and saying how much money she makes and how much better yeah. she is and how much prettier she is and yeah, you know, how much drugged up she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's so sad. Like she was taking what she was. What she claims she was told was just like vitamins told, or something. Yeah, exactly, like a supplement. But it's really just a bullshit like blacklisted thing for eleven years. And Serena was still getting the best of her. Still beating her. Yep. Yeah. But Serena was beating her on the court, but um, uh, Maria, uh, what's her name, Sharapovich or whatever, yeah, she was, she had she was making so much more money. Yeah. She had right. like double she the, had, like, the third highest stuff. Nike endorsement they had or something Amazing. like that. She lost it, obviously. But, wow. Well, yeah. actually, that's not true. Something I noticed, I was actually going to point out to you, Masai, because mm-hmm. these are these little anecdotes you love to see. Yeah. When she came out and said this, all of her big contracts, I think she has a Nike contract, and I think she had like um, you know, vitamin water and all these yeah, other yeah. big ones, they all suspended her until further review. To see how the right. public they is going to react. Yeah, they did not kick her off. Yeah. yeah, she's still. She's still. Yeah, I mean, if, if that had been Serena, oh my oh, god, that would have been. We'd, we'd, we'd still be talking about it. We'd still be talking People about it. People still speculate later. about her strength and everything. Like, oh, she yeah. has to be taking something. And all these, you know, and uh, no, maybe she's just kick ass. Yeah. She's yeah. just yeah. the shit. Yeah. And now <laughs> we just accept that she's beating mm. people who are all jacked up on right. God knows what. You know, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I wonder how. It makes you wonder, like, how Maria Sharapova is still a good tennis player, but where would she even be competing at that level if she weren't taking performance? And she's she's not. Old by chance, but I think she's, no, she's uh, younger. She's, she's definitely younger than Serena is, right. which just even adds to it too. I mean, but I don't think she could compete nearly at the same level as she was clearly. Can at. can she still compete? Like when you get caught with something like that, can you just sober up or whatever you do? There's a, there's know. a period that you have to be on suspension. Yeah, you exactly. get a certain number of clean samples, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can come back. You can come back in professional sports and Olympics. That's a whole other. I was thing. say you might be barred from like professionally right. representing the United States or something like that. Both work, but mm-hmm. oh, well, shout out to Serena and. Uh, Shout out to Jackie Joyner uh, Kersey. And lastly, uh, this last uh, Jackie trivia question. Uh, Jackie Jackson, the shittiest member of the Jackson 5. <laughs> what the? Oh, what? Whoa. I didn't make this question like, up. Wait a minute. Wait, I don't make these questions up. You got to take this up. Jackie is not the shittiest member of the Jackson 5. What are you talking about? Tito is obviously the shittiest member of the Jackson 5. What are you talking about? This is going to be like the pie cake thing. It's clearly Jackie. Jermaine. Can I finish the question? All right. What's the question? Jackie Jackson, the shittiest member of the Jackson 5, undisputedly, played what completely expendable instrument? <laughs> in the Jackson Five, he played an instrument. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Jackie Jackson, uh, the shittiest member of the Jackson Five, played what completely expendable instrument? Sting. What do you got? Was that the tambourine? Correct, the tambourine. Oh, yep. Get yes. your tambourine, yep. go shake your tambourine. Who knew that? Yeah. Tambourine, go shake your tambourine. Tambourine. Completely useless. So, hold it. Back to the shittiest member of the Jackson Five thing. Oh. So there's there's Michael, there's Jermaine, there's Tito, there's Jackie. Who was the fifth? That's the shittiest member. <laughs> I don't know. Who Marlin. is the fifth? Oh, Marlon. Oh, Marlon okay. right. is the shittiest member of oh, the Jackson wow. 5. Okay, wow. You might have a point oh, there. Good point. You're right, because as you were saying, I'm like, who else is I'm like, there? I got four. Who's the... Who? And, and wasn't there a point where there was a sixth when they did a reunion? Like the, really? That you really... They were like that a was third Janet. cousin or something? That was, yeah, was Janet. Those were the girls. No, yeah. no, no. no. Were, I thought there were six boys, but five were together when they were their core group. And then they did their reunion thing like years later in the 80s. They discovered and they an, all an outside one? Right. Oh, our bad. If I'm making this up, I'm sorry. Actually, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's find out. Somebody find out if Marlon Jackson has a Twitter, and we'll bother him yes. tonight. <laughs> yes. every, every every week we like to bother a random celebrity oh. on Twitter, and I figure Mar.
Marlon Jackson is probably because he was the fifth busy. Jackson that you could. No one remembers. So see if Marlon, if Marlon <laughs> Jackson has a Twitter, we'll uh, we'll bother him tonight. This is this will be this week's beat shot bothers under over under over that he has more than two hundred thousand followers. <laughs> oh snap! He's got to have more. I he's, say he's in the Jackson. Nah, I'm going to go for under. I'm going to go for under. Marlon not Jackson having, five. How many has he got? Fifty nine thousand fans. Wow. So it's at it's at Marlon oh. underscore Jackson, right? That's it. Okay, so at Marlon underscore Jackson. Um, shout out to him. We're gonna do beat shot bothers oh. tonight. Ask him if he p- prefers cake or pie. Yep. Ask him uh, if he thinks his brother Jackie is the shittiest member of the Jackson Five. Um, <laughs> uh, this dude's yeah, so, definitely reading yo, all these tweets. He's, he's gonna read sitting, these. He's sitting at a subway in like Yonkers sitting right now. Right, just like, man. oh, I got a tweet. <laughs> you wrong. You wrong. <laughs> wrong. All right. So I just tweeted him out from the. Uh, from the Beach Eye Radio oh. Twitter, if you guys are looking for his uh, his handle, so you can you can har- harass him tonight and uh, and ask him some questions. Oh my god! Um, uh, I guess before we go into the first break, uh, there, let's see. There were a few things I wanted to cover. Oh yeah, so we were talking about how people in the community kind of pulled together to check in on you and just kind of see what was up during you know during your time in Eden. How we probably should do that more often, not just when you get hit by a giant absolutely Mack truck. This <laughs> is up every right. time we'll upgrade it. Yeah, <laughs> not just when you get hit a by city a, bus. A, a helicopter. Sure. <laughs> Titanic hits you on Central. The Batmobile. <laughs> um, so uh, I looked up a study by the National Institute on Aging, and, it's, and it said that uh, black Americans are twice as likely as white Americans to receive care from family members uh, when their health declines in old age, uh, or just e- even as they're aging and their health deteriorates. So um, I know I've seen this definitely in, in, in various members and families of the black community where somebody will just kind of get older, and instead of getting like tossed into a nursing home or, or an old folks home or whatever, um, and not to say that's a bad thing but like some people just don't have those resources they just start taking mm-hmm. you just start taking care of big mama you know like and that's just like how it, how it plays out um so i was thinking about aside from the financial hardship that may come of this to a lot of families i think it's actually less expensive than putting them in a you know nursing home uh and are there other what do you think some of the other benefits are because i know i've certainly picked up some from just like just from hanging out with you in these last few weeks and um this was something that ancestors like our ancestors did anyway like we, well that was that was more of the, the natural communal flow and not just in when we went to nuclear families. We used to have you know, communal things. Mm-hmm. So whether it was your parent or somebody else's parents, because a lot of people had uh, you know, kinfolk who weren't necessarily related, that somebody else just cared for you know, the old folks or the sick, the elderly, or mm-hmm. somebody just cared for the young. Mm-hmm. So it was always built into the community. And when this whole notion about having to have your own place and only having your own family and taking care of yourself, we lost that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're somewhat coming back to it and not that going to nursing homes and senior facilities are a bad thing because there are a lot of really good ones out there Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who would prefer that than than staying with some of the relatives. Mm -hmm. But part of it is the awareness that what does happen when your level of ability shifts. If instead of being able to run up three three flights of stairs, you need to be on one one floor. And if your kids have a place on one floor and they're not willing to give up any space, that's when it gets hard. Mm -hmm. So building better relationships, I think, is something that we all need to think about and do, and not only in a time of emergency. They're coming out now with all these uh, tiny home communities. I don't know if you've seen those, where you've got these little almost cot-sized homes, or you've got what used to be called the mother-in-law apartments, or you throw somebody, you put a pod out back, that actually building homes intentionally that you can separate out 
when your kids leave home and they you won't they won't stay gone, but you can kind of separate them that way. Oh, nice. And then later you can reconnect if, if need be. If people can't afford to have all separate residences, trying to have you know three or four under one roof is a lot less expensive than trying to have three or four separate residences mm-hmm. where you each have your own private space. You've got enough soundproofing so that your music doesn't interrupt somebody else's. You've got enough private space that you can have company over if you want without anybody else barging in. So I think a lot more of the baby boomer generation, which I'm part of, are thinking that way, that not all of us want to wait until there's something wrong to go live elsewhere. We might want to do that while we're still running around playing you know, playing golf and taking world trips and whatnot, just not wanting to do the lot hmm. by ourselves. And the idea that people... You know, older adults living together and pooling resources is a better idea. Hmm. Speaking of pooling resources, your, your neighbors have kind of played an integral part in this also. Do you want to give them a shout out? Uh, oh, absolutely. Jennifer and Kevin Richard Morrow, my next door neighbors who are reenactors, they were starting out with the only sorry, people. they're reenactors? They are reenactors. I'm going to need a uh, yes, Civil okay. War reenactors? Please be Civil no, War even, reenactors. Even before that, they're 18th century specialists. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah, these are, yeah, Kevin, Kevin comes out with his Tri his what his tricorn the three sided hat. These are white people. These wooden. are white people, by the way. <laughs> not all reenactors are, but these, I didn't say that. Are. I did not say that. But if we're gonna, I mean, I have, if, I mean if you're going Very to white. get the complete picture, <laughs> they're opaque. They're and <laughs> and I do have to say, one yes. of the things with living in a downtown Albany neighborhood that most people don't have this experience. I I pulled up to park one day, and there was a cannon pointing in my direction. What? This is privilege. Like, could you imagine amazing. if I pulled a cannon out right now? <laughs> I say, like, excuse uh, me, <laughs> there is a cannon on my street, uh, and uh, oh my, my neighbor, God. my neighbor is um, he is pouring lead shot. He's actually like Kevin does that. White he pours privilege. he White pours privilege. the lead into the mold, now, and I he know, makes I, shot. I know where you live. Are <laughs> yes, you serious? Uh, a, a cannon? Well, okay. it was a smallish size. I mean, cannon. small cannon. cannon. A small cannon is bigger than your small like your <laughs> biggest. The size of my car. And it could be classified as a cannon. Yes. That's the first. It was yeah. in the back it's of the pickup. Yes, gun. it's wow. like excuse That's me, what amazing. do I do? But you know, he had some reenacting thing to go to, and they had to get the cannon there, and it was temporarily in the wow. back of the pickup. Well, we had to get the cannon yeah, there. Well, yeah. Well, how else are you gonna get <laughs> a cannon from place to place? <laughs> nice people, though. They're nice. Yeah, people. good. good yeah, so it's, it was nice. It is they nice to be in a neighborhood <laughs> where people check on you, With take cannons. care, and. Just happen to have cannons and muskets and. Did, did you? Whatnot. I could just. I could just hear the the conversations <laughs> in that house. <laughs> How are you gonna get the cannon to the reenactment? I don't know. I'm gonna get a pickup truck or something. I don't think the pickup truck will work. That's you exactly might need a trailer. <laughs> That's exactly. Nate, right. How are you gonna get it in the back of the pickup truck? Nate, you're. White I don't know. I'll figure terrible. it out. <laughs> Why does Nate have the worst white people? You have the white worst people voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Would you rather I do this? No. 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 He's, he's impersonating black people, impersonating white right, people. Yeah. That's a very slippery slope. He's under but, uh, hey, now, second, I have second to Second most tell racist you, thing you've done tonight. Reenacting white neighbors who are reenactors are a whole lot better than oh, white neighbors man. who 
do other things. Actual KKK people who right, right. Who exactly. believe every people bit who of have that the time. Confederate yeah. flag, not ironically, right. like not reenact. Tell you what, <laughs> yeah. No, don't cool. tell me what. How, how did you um, befriend them? Was it just kind of like you reached out because they're neighbors, or they reached out, or what? They actually, they actually came over the first day. Well, when the moving truck arrives, because nice. I when I moved to Albany, actually just about thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. there was Jennifer with a with a copy of the Times Union and a potted plant. Mm. That's very nice. And welcoming awesome. me to the neighborhood. Aww. Very awesome. nice. Yeah. Well, I've yet things, to meet any of my neighbors. Things that we don't do. Things that we don't generally do. Right. Mm. I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going to find a neighbor of mine and just bring them a cake, not a pie. <laughs> <laughs> because you want to be respected. Because, like, I, I think we need, well, like, stronger communities is so important, and we just kind of gotten away from that. I, yeah. I wouldn't recognize my up, my downstairs neighbors if I pass them on the street. Like, oh, are you no. serious? I don't. Yeah, we're yeah. just not. Like, we look the, the same you know, way. We don't, wow. like, interact. Oh, no. I live in a building of four apartments, which I've lived in two of the four apartments in the last two years uh, and I you don't know who I, live in the others no I know one other neighbor of mine no you definitely need to take the cake or pie let's do this, man I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this a commitment to do this I hope yeah. people who are listening maybe let's try this like especially if you have someone who you think is either elderly or maybe lonely uh, just like stop by with a cake who's gonna say no to cake seriously exactly let's do Not, it no, 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 I'm doing on. it and maybe we'll sure. talk about this next week or a week after mm. if we can do this in a, in a few wow. weeks like and, see and we'll what happens about it. Yeah. yeah like see what happens you never know you'll get a good story out of it even if you get the door slammed in your exactly and I still have a bunch of cake right uh, and lastly, Jackie, do you have, uh, and we can go around the room too, but do you have any experience uh, yourself taking care of somebody who maybe who was uh, deteriorating health uh, in you know in your past or presently? Uh? Oh, yeah. Well, again, remember, I'm a whole lot older, so I've been around a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And actually, as a matter of fact, as a shout out, she won't be listening, but my mother is 100 years old. Wow. Whoa. Oh and she doesn't oh live God. here in Albany. She's down in Pennsylvania with my brother, but she is 100 <laughs> years old. That is, that is incredible. I said her birthday cake. Yeah, yeah. seriously. That is- hey, she got her letter from Obama. Really? Oh, what is that? The when you become a centurion or what is it called? Yeah, centenarian. Centennial club, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you but you you still have to request it. So yes, I did request that for her. So I've got well, actually, her one of her nicknames is baby sister, Mm -hmm. and there are people alive who can still call her that. There's people older than her in your family. I've got yes, I have got you know extended cousins and relatives who still refer to her as baby sister. You think she'd come on the show? I don't think so. Okay. Worth a shot. Worth a shot. Um, but so back you to your care, question you about care of her? Yeah. Uh, not really. But I just wanted I just wanted to do a shout out. Yes. Hey, well, she was she was on her it. own until yeah, she yeah. was in her nineties and she was very, very adamant about being on her own. Mm-hmm. So she did not need taken care of. Nice. I respect and um, yeah, basically my brother kidnapped her actually from Detroit to get her to Pennsylvania. But anyway, mm. but no, I have I have had friends and relatives who were older that I would stop in and visit and I had this one lady when I lived up in Queensbury, which is by Glens Falls, and her name was Phyllis, mm-hmm. and she was losing her mind, and she knew it. And the hard part about losing your mind when you know it is, I mean, this is a woman who had been an actress, a poet, a teacher, just all kinds of everything. So I actually I found the greatest T-shirt for her. Don't know where I've been. Don't know what I've done, but it's been a lovely afternoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't That's know. Wait, say it again. Shirt. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know, don't know where, where I've been. been but, but it's, it's been a lovely right. afternoon. I'm going to tweet that at Marlon Jackson yes. while Stephen and JB tell us, tell me some stories about uh, people that you've taken care of recently or people you, yeah. maybe while they had I'm, deteriorating health. I'm literally going through it right now, actually. Uh, unfortunately, my father is not in great health. Uh, he's getting better, which is good. Good. Uh, but my father is um, definitely in a new chapter of his life, for sure. And we're yeah. in the process of looking into um, 
he's now officially retired as of this week, which is good. Not, wait, wait, wait. He, not his choice, but... <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I'll stop the applause. Let me stop the applause. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> he just okay. got laid off. <laughs> yeah. um, well, he's, you said retired. Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's officially no longer a working man uh, for the time being, at least. And uh, so, yeah, we're going through the process of finding some new housing and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's it's definitely an interesting chapter, and he seems to be taking it in stride. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely tough when it's yeah. not something that you choose. Right. And it's because you don't choose it, you're kind of at the mercy. So as you start looking around and you say, okay, well, when would this unit be available? Or exactly. when would this? Or this is really gorgeous. We'd love to have uh, parent, grandparents stay here. Well, you know, we have to wait until somebody dies. Right, yeah. It's, right. it's another eight to six months. It's like, oh, okay. I guess we'll just cancel just all our plans. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, definitely. I understand what's going on here. Yeah. And then Maybe. you've got to do the whole downsizing of wherever he lives now. Has mm-hmm. he been in a family house for a long yeah, time? Yeah, we've been in our family house now for probably almost 20 years. Um, and we're in the process now of just kind of downsizing. I'm moving all my drums out. I did that yesterday. So it's, uh, it's a slow but steady process. Oh, wow. but, yeah, so. Cool. Uh, JB and Nate. And then Nate. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of helped take care of my grandmother before she passed on my mother's side. And definitely was there for my mother very, very frequently, almost every day. Even right up until the, like, the day she passed, right? Yeah. Were, yeah, yeah, it was right there. So mm-hmm. it was tough. Well, tough. Uh, did you, um, as that was like happening, do, were you looking back? Because I know I'm kind of like glad that I, it, it, at the time, it's like annoying, but you know, it's it's it takes a lot of time and, and it's hard work. But like looking back, I'm kind of glad I had the time. Were you like glad that right up to the end you were there for her and like it's on such good terms? Or yeah, I, I'm definitely happy that you know any quarrels that we had between us, any beefs we had, we squashed it. You know, I always told my mother I love her and vice versa. So yeah, I'm very happy that. Uh, she she ascended mm-hmm. on a good note mm-hmm. with her kids, you know. You had a uh, this is kind of I didn't think this would come up tonight, but you actually had a really beautiful sem- uh, ceremony uh, when your mother passed, and mm-hmm. I found it extremely cathartic for me because we didn't really do anything like that for my family. I have a really small family, right? And you did like the send off with the balloons and everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the we were at the park uh, down down by the river. Everyone in the park is like crying. People who just like happened to be walking through the park when it happened. It was super emotional, yeah. and uh, I think it'd be awesome. If, if that was something yeah, like we, if you ever do that again like let me know I want to be there and be yeah, part of sure. it I think it'd be I a like cool like too. little uh, memorial thing to do but, uh, and that's one of the things that we don't talk about because death is horrible death is part of life mm-hmm. and for most families it comes when it comes and then you start looking for the paperwork mm-hmm. and you start wondering well do they want this did they want that check this out here's the funny thing about okay, that you, you, say, yours. You, say, you say people start looking for the paperwork when I went into my mother's house mm-hmm. she had everything on the table all laid out she already knew <laughs> like oh, yeah. envelope with everything right. she had, like she had mom, it was step by step mom, yeah. that's what mom well, figured it, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't want to inconvenience you JB yeah. right. <laughs> I, I guess it's not a step by step thing because my mother knew that I but it was knew, totally there but it was yeah. right there yeah. you know I'm like oh damn well how am I going to find this and what's no. and see, I'm like and oh knew. shit it's right here right. <laughs> and see it in my mother's Every case piece. Yeah, in our family I've known where the important papers were ever since I was little I mean, my mother has been planning her death her funeral she's written her own eulogy the I don't afterlife. know how many times she got the afterlife ready <laughs> reincarnation but, I mean, but the thing but the woman is a hundred years old so half most of the guest lists have already died mm, and funny. back when I mean it sounds it sounds that funny and whatnot, but hysterical. it's right. but she this, this is my mother. My mother takes care of what she chooses to take care of, and she wants to make. If she wants to make sure something's done right, she does it herself. Right. And I mean, I'm going back. This is 20 years ago, when there was a postal increase.
Jones. And I happened to have picked up my mail, brought it into the office with me, and I'm in the office howling because it is so hysterically funny to me that my mother did a budget exception because the postage went up. <laughs> and, you know, she went through, she had... Amazing. I mean, again, you'd have to know my mother. And mm-hmm. everybody else in the office is like, what are you talking about? I say, well, don't your parents, you know, have a plan? And don't they have this? And at that time, she had, I don't know, she had bought the plot yet. Or I guess she had the plot because they were going. And then she got the casket. Like, Mom, do whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy. The only <laughs> thing that I told her I would not do on her list is at that time, she wanted a new dress costing $100. Like, no, I will buy you a new dress now. I will not buy a new dress to stick in the ground. So the arrangement has been every season, because my mother is fashionable. I mean, you won't know that from looking at me. My mother is fashionable. So every season... race is very fashionable. Oh, gee, thank you so much. My mother puts the, the, the outfit at the front of the closet. Okay. Wow. So whether it's spring, fall, or winter. So whatever the, the correct outfit, complete with accessories. Wow. And like whenever, I always that know that it's all set. That, you were saying that too. Like you were saying how like no one likes to plan for it, no one likes to talk about it because it's kind of this taboo thing in our culture. But it seems like she's a hundred percent accepting On board, it. Oh no, yeah. my mother. Yeah. My mother is. I, mean, I have done workshops thanks to my mother mm-hmm. because I didn't know that other people didn't talk about this because right. it's so normal in our family. Mm-hmm. And each brother knows what their job is and wow. which insurance policy covers what part. So I ended up doing workshops for other people right. <laughs> that, wow. you know, this is the information you need or these are things you need to think about. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, and if you're in a family of mixed religions, mm-hmm. uh, some believe in cremation and some think you got to have all your parts that you came with, right. you need to talk about that mm-hmm. because the worst funeral I ever went to was of my cousin where my aunt's eldest son had died and he had a will. And his son was following the will and his and his report. But his mother and father had been, you know, denizens of this church for 50 million years. He didn't want a church funeral. She said, we paid all this money. The church is going to... And as a result, my aunt and her grandson got into such a big fight that... And they never made up. Oh, wow. They never made up. It was so bad that I came from out of town. This is in Detroit. I get to town. The funeral director is like, oh, they're both talking to you could you talk for the family it's like what and you know the time where you go to the, you go to the bereaves house and you get food you get this no right. he had a, he had food at his house and she had food at her wow. house and people were walking Jeez. around with cards well, oh, like, which man. one do we give it to that's rough and, oh that's tough that's you know, the last that. thing you want yeah, especially and, at your funeral yeah, i mean the limo is supposed to pick up the it's mother like a, it's like, a, it's like we'll you know what the torso is? you take the legs we're right. just gonna have two separate uh, oh, that's like was, a funeral crawl it was horrible Pretty like much. A, like a pub right. crawl. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a funeral crawl. Have you had the um, hors d'oeuvres across the street? They're fantastic. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I remember so when, my, when my grandmother on my father's side passed, <clears throat> everything was already taken care of. She paid for everything like 20 years. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like, get it, get it done and over She had with. it all written down and all her sons had to do was just show up. Show up. I'm going to yep. start a GoFundMe tonight for <laughs> the funeral. That's <laughs> the only way to go. I mean, if it's your last party and you want to <laughs> make sure uh, it's done yeah. right. Do it right. Go for I mean, my hey. mother has got her music is all set. <laughs> that's and incredible. Mama ain't playing. Boy. That's incredible. Nate, oh, yeah, Nate that's... the Great. Speaking of music, uh, what, do, have you had a, uh, an incident where you had to take care of somebody as a deter- 
their health deteriorated. Do you have your own music playlist for your death? What do you got? Uh, What's the first? Actually, (laughs) um, uh, the first part of the question, I'm not there yet. So no, not yet. That has not happened. That's not been a part of my life yet. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, Both my parents are doing good. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in their like you know early to mid 70s at this point. Okay. So, um, but they're doing good. So, uh, um, and in terms of of death playlist for myself. (laughs) Oh my God. I have to start working on it. Um, Eric B B is president. Eric B and Rakim. My melody. Eric B and Rakim. Michael Jackson. um, Don't stop till you get enough. Yes. yes. We're going to make this list. We're going to make this list. Bobby Call. A little Bobby Caldwell in there. Sounds great. Dude, I can't wait to go to your funeral. You should make this blend. You're already making me excited. Make the blend now. We'll throw the MP3 on. Make the great funeral mix. It won't be an it won't be an MP3. I was gonna say it's gonna be some crazy new shit. Yeah. Knowing Nate, it'll be on vinyl anyway. Right. Well, Hipster shit. Vinyl third resurgence. I'll press it. Cool. All right. So let's let's take a quick break. Uh, at Beach Out Radio, we're gonna oh, keep. Oh snap! I need to get some music. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep hitting up. Um, I'm gonna play my death. Marlon Jackson, right? Um, I'm gonna play my funeral list for uh, for, the, for, the, for break. the break. Cool. Yeah. Um, when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, tooth dismay. Uh, basically, tooth care. This this seems like an odd thing, but we swear there's a point to it. Uh, so we're going to talk about just like taking care of your teeth, why it's important, and how um, sometimes it kind of falls through the cracks, so to speak. Um, we're also going to do, uh, we're going to talk about the the giant heads that are in uh, parts of Mexico, Guatemala, uh, Argentina, uh, and what's up with them? Because they're pretty dope. They're huge. What's they're, up with that? Yeah, right? They're, what's up with that? It, it's the cover of the uh, art this week, and this is something that uh, actually Jackie brought up a few, uh, a few months ago when we had a potluck dinner. It became a topic of discussion. I thought it was really interesting, and, uh, and I was hoping you could... Uh, like uh, shed some light on that for uh, for our listeners. So uh, we when we come back, we have we have a bunch of stuff to cover at Beach Shot Radio. Keep it locked. All right, for my last will and testament, um, <laughs> I declare of sound. Hold up, me uh, in sound mind and body. I declare that these following songs must be played at my funeral. <laughs> The bass, check out my melody, hand out a cigar. I'm letting knowledge be born, and my name's the R. AKI am not like the rest of them. I'm not on the list. That's what I'm saying. I drop lines like a scientist. My melodies in the codes of every next episode. As the mic often distorting, ready to explode. I keep the mic at Fahrenheit. Freedom seeds and make them cola. The listener's system is kicking like solar. As I memorize, advertise like a poet. Keep you going when the flow is smooth enough. You know it, but rough. That's why the mural on my story, I tell a beat. Nobody beats the R. Check out my melody. Check 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 out my check out check out my melody. Check out my melody. Check 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 out check out check out my melody. Check out my melody. Check 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 out my check out check out my melody. Check 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 out my melody. Guess you wonder where I've been I searched to find the love within I came back to let you know Got a thing for you And I can't let go 
my heart desires Just appreciate the little things I do Oh, you're the one who's got me inspired Keep on lifting, lifting me higher So good, good, loving somebody And somebody loves you back It's so good Ladies and gentlemen, full pie. Are y'all full of pie and cake? I'm full pie. Good. Later on, you're gonna be full of shh. (laughs) 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 So much pie. So much cake. So much cake. 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 Ice cream cake is slamming them. Mm -hmm. I think I would. Somebody say KKK. You've outdone yourself. Oh, wait, it's any time. Did somebody say KKK? Wait, I don't think I had the voice on when I said it the first time. So we know how you really feel, mate. This cake is weird. That was a good cake break. I'm all with it. Yeah. Yo, somehow people were tweeting. Tara tweeted a picture of our cake, and I was like, how did she have some of our cake? Yeah. Apparently Jody snuck in while we were 
do, like doing the show. Yep. Took some cake and just left. Yep, he totally did. He he patted me on my shoulder. He's like, "Yo, Nate, flyers." And he bounced. <laughs> he dropped off flyers for. He totally bounced, Sneaking, bro. Man. Wow. All right. Well, we'll talk Sneaking. about that show that he dropped flyers off for uh, after shoutouts. I guess. Who, yeah. Who's yeah, on the yeah. check-in? Man, there's so many people on the check-in right now. First of all, I want to shout out Albany. I'm there. Albany Distilling Company. Hey. 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 That's that's first off. Uh. Tanisha on the check-in, DJ Italy, Taina, Matt Murray, Amanda, Chef Dad, Intel, Lang Vo from Siffle. Shut your fucking face and listen. What? Uh, oh, that's the name. That's Siffle. what Siffle. Siffle.com. Siffle. Oh, I didn't know I'm that. Not, was... I'm not like being okay. angry. That wasn't angry black. <laughs> I was looking down so I thought I missed something. Angry. Damn, that was crazy. Uh, shout out to the barn, angry. Albany Barn, Mike Street, Amanda, Soul Fire Farm. Rosa Clemente, Scout, Cleanna, used to sing higher and higher. She used to sing higher and higher in college. Hey. Hey. Higher and higher. Amanda Y. also on the check-in. Alphonse, Don Fonz is on the check-in. My boy, Swerving 10. That's all I got to say. Swerving 10 on the check-in. Peter LaSilla. Sounds like a cop. Who's yeah. Peter LaSilla guy? I know, right? <laughs> he's on a check-in. I don't know. He <laughs> might be a cop. Yeah. Officer if, LaSilla if on a check-in. If he's not a cop, he's going to hit us up. Yep. Uh, shout out to Tara on the check-in. Mari Kush. Ariella. Ariella. Sarah Podber. Dan Hogan. Carlene Nicole. Melissa Fleck. Man, that's a lot of people. PJ Katz. Dolly, Dolly Sanchez. Yep. Uh, DJ Italy. Pat Harris. Okay. And my boy, John Robinson and Book Brown. You know they coming through. Oh, what's yes. up, guys? Isn't that yeah. this weekend? What's that's, up, guys? You know, that's this weekend. And uh, John uh, Robinson is actually man. on the check-in. But, uh, yeah, there, this is – I'm very is excited it this for this. It's not this weekend. No, no. Next week. No, next week. 26th. No, it's the 25th. Oh. Wait, guys. I'll get the flyer. Let's get the, the flyer. flyer. It's definitely the 26th. Which I'm not done with my shout-outs. I got three more shout-outs. Oh, damn. Wait. Let, let me just clear up any disparity here. It's Saturday, uh, March 26th okay, okay. at McGeary's. So. Okay, okay. Let's, let's finish. Sh- uh, shout out to Lindsay on the check-in. Shout out to True Master in South Mother Effin' Africa. <laughs> hey. On the check-in. On the check-in. Yeah, True. And true, what's up? Again, shout out to Albany Distilling Company. True, by the way, True Master is on the check-in for last week's show. <laughs> He's just catching up. He's just catching up He's, now. He was listening to the podcast, like, yeah. messaging us all day, like, this is so funny. Oh, <laughs> you, you shouting out right. Random things, yeah. Like, so you crazy. <laughs> so uh, oh, yeah, true. so uh, let's talk about that show. You got the you got the flyer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm super excited about this. Okay. Uh, when, when when I first heard who was going to be on the the show, I'm like, something's going to go wrong. This is uh, amazing. All these artists happen to be on tour, and all they're <laughs> they're going to be in upstate. So yeah. somehow they reached out, and we, we were able to put this amazing show together. Uh, these are some of my favorite artists who've ever performed at uh, Beach Music Festival. Yo. So uh, we have incredible. Oh, okay. So first and foremost, Moses Rockwell. Yeah, he's celebrating the release of his Dweeb Supreme Three. Mm-hmm. Album. Yep, exactly. And it's going to be on vinyl, CD, probably cassettes too, and smoke signals. I don't know. Moses is going to have the music up everywhere. So Bring make sure with you, you get it. Bring, Bring lots money of with money. You. Right, right, right. And actually, uh, also featuring Masai and JB, double exclamation mark. Really? Yeah. we going to be on that show? Apparently, we're just going to do a feature or two, but uh, they want it. They're like, throw your name on the flyer so we got some more locals up there. I'm like, got yeah. it, got yeah, it. So. <laughs> but we're real small. It's like size 10 font. Yeah. I, I, I I almost overlooked you, but then I didn't want to overlook you. Anyway, um, so not next to the people who really matter, um, <laughs> next people that really matter are Boog Brown. You. Yeah. 
and oh, Yamin Sam- Samali? Who's this? Yeah, I don't know who this he's, is. He's uh, he's he's the one. He's co-partners with the tour with uh, Book Brown, and they're coming all the way up from Atlanta. They actually they're traveling across the United States, Word. and we're one of their stops. So that's going to be. Pretty I believe cool. we're actually the second to last stop on their tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yep. word. Now, so. Book, Book Brown was up here. She did the Beach Shop Music Festival, I think, two years ago, yep. and I know she's uh, she's done features with Apollo Brown and uh, and just J-5, a bunch of everyone. Yeah, man, like everyone. a bunch of artists that are that are. I really respect and uh, yeah, she's definitely killed come it. up. I was not like familiar with her until I saw her uh, at Beach Out a couple years ago and then I remember we were on tour we went somewhere and we were like listening to her music like non-stop yep. on, the, on the way Word. down to I think Connecticut or something yeah. and uh, I was just kind of blow, blown away by the talent so really looking forward to, to see what uh, what she does especially uh, with this other artist who I'm not familiar with and but just the level of like artistry that they that they bring to the stage uh, I think it's going to be really dynamic to have this 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 group because or, Moses Rockwell and John Robinson I would kind of put in the same like niche I haven't said of John Robinson's yeah, name yeah, oh okay so alright so so John Robinson and somebody else's name who I really hope I get correct Elo Kush yeah you got it alright good Elo Kush also not familiar with uh, Elo Kush, but um, uh, they're touring these like duo tours. Yeah. So this is Elo how- Kush comes from uh, I believe he's from uh, Army of the Pharaohs. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So oh, and, and, they, is and, and that Philly? Si- are they from, from Philly? Science of Life? He was w- with Science of Life too. So is that are they, is that a Philly crew? Is he from Philly? Nah. Oh. Nah. 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 Okay. Whatever. They're from down south right now. Okay. Got yeah. you. Got you. And um, all this is happening at Magiri so- on March twenty sixth. At Saturday. 10, yes. I don't know if it's a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. The, oh, yeah. Saturday. Saturday, March 26th, 2016. Yeah. Sick. Steen. <laughs> this is why he doesn't Six. do show plugs. Okay. This is the last time we have him read a flyer. At okay. <laughs> in Albany, <laughs> so, New York. It's uh, free at 10 p.m., but yeah, probably more like 10.30 or 11. This one's pretty jam-packed. It's so going to be a 10 hopefully, yeah. uh, I, Okay, I, yeah, good. I can't stress this enough, uh, enough. I think this is one of the better lineups I've ever seen for an EOM. It really uh, is a dope I, I was like, are you kidding me? This is a free friggin' show. Uh, the, I mean, these are international free uh, recording show. artists and people yes. who go all around the world performing, so I encourage you definitely to come check it out. You mm-hmm. go all around performing. Yeah, I, we, I get you out. Know, I we, we get out we, here. We there. dabble, but we, we get out here and there. But check it. Speaking of free shows, we all rocked the free show Saturday and got shut down. Oh yeah, we oh, shut no. it down. <laughs> no, the mall cops shut it down. <laughs> the mall cops shut us Yo. down. Shout out, Paul, shout out to Paul, Paul Blart. Blart. Paul Blart on the check in. We did yeah. a show at Fye at Saratoga Springs, and uh, yeah, we kind of got shut down. It was the first time they'd done a rap show there. Although they do uh, have artists there every week apparently, but we're the first show that gets shut down. <laughs> we weren't cursing or anything. We were just having fun. Making Making fun of the mall cops and the people. I'm pretty sure by. I heard the N word, but that's okay. Nah, <laughs> no, no, but, no wait, from not. the mall cops, maybe. Not yeah, probably. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was not us. Uh, but yeah, we had we had fun. Word, that was, was fun. cool. Good little, show. Shout out to um Evan. A little kid came up and started playing, playing the, drums. the drums. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 it was awesome. Right. Yeah, he was pretty good too. Yo, yeah, people, yo, people were having fun. Everybody was having fun there except the guys in AT and T. Shut it down. Yeah, shut down AT and T. And we was even giving AT and T a shout out, right? Yo, it was an authorized dealer too. It wasn't even like an official AT and T store. It was an AT and T authorized dealer. That's, right. uh, that's like that's like 
a mall cop compared to like a actual police officer, AT and T off dealer. <laughs> well, these compared mall cops, to actual these mall cops. Ironically enough, you said Paul Blart. They literally had the little segways that were. Yo, they out. did. But the worst part was it wasn't even a real segway. It was like a knockoff segway. <laughs> and even worse, it wasn't even two wheels. Like you had to balance and had to be skilled to ride. Wheel, it. Yeah. it was like a trike segway. Trike segway. It was yeah, like was the corniest so... segway I've ever seen in my life. This dude's <laughs> like, look how cool I am. It was like, wait, 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 hang on. It was white, right? Yeah. Was it a Toyota? <gasps> oh my oh. god, Jackie! We figured it Open out. Open and shut case. Scott, it was the mall car. It was a Segway. It was a Segway. You thought it was a car. It was a Toyota Segway mall Damn. 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 First forty-eight. We figured it out. Um, well, all right, first so, five weeks. So we're but. here. We're here with uh, Jackie Williams. Back at it again uh, with the white Camry. <laughs> yes, the white Toyota. I love it. Toyota. Uh, for those just tuning in, we're here with Jackie Williams, uh, educator, activist, community pillar, and also the founding director of FIGA, F-I-G-A-H, Incorporated. Um, could you talk a little bit about uh, FIGA f- and, and what, it's, what it stands for? And yeah, I'll just let you do the spiel about it because this is, a, this is a, one of my favorite websites now. Okay, well, FIGA stands for Filling in the Gaps in American History. It's just the, it's just the initials because it's a lot shorter to say. Mm-hmm. And it actually is, comes from, I was talking about that a lot of people say that anger does no good. Well, in this case, anger created this organization because I got royally upset at a Pulitzer Prize winning author who killed off real people. I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, why not? Wait, so did, next did, he week, kill off, did he kill off real people in his book or in real in life? In his book. Oh, his okay. Book. okay. Jeez. That's called murder. And you, should talk to somebody. Well, you, know, you should definitely say report that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was reading this book that I thought was about the Adirondacks, and it was, and it had covered all this material. And essentially, it talks about how John Brown of Harper's Ferry fame got from Connecticut to New York. Not to be confused with J.B.A.K. That is true. Moses John Brown. Very important. (laughs) And especially in the middle of the 19th century. Mm. So the fact that John Brown was educated as a surveyor Mm -hmm. and Garrett Smith was very, very wealthy and owned most of, well, actually the the Smith family owned upstate New York and at one point thought it would be a really great idea to give away some land grants. And at that time, believe it or not, in the 1840s, owning 40 acres of land in the Adirondacks in and of itself still did not amount to $250. Oh, wow. In order to vote in New York State, a man, because only men could vote, uh, had to have property worth $250. So no he gave he gave 3,000 40-acre land grants to formerly enslaved, quite indentured servants, forever free, some poor people, but basically wanted to give away a bunch of land so people could start improving it and in order to in order to assess $250 worth of value. So he did all that, and unfortunately, I wrote this great short story called 40 Acres on a Fish because people went to take advantage of the land grant but couldn't figure out where their land was, and some of it was under Lake Placid. So he got in touch with John Brown in Connecticut and said, now why don't you come over to New York because I need a surveyor for all these land grants, and in, in return, I'll give your family some space, and we can talk some more about updating farm and abolition. So Garrett Mm. Smith was into all this stuff. So the story went on about these people who got there and what they did and their lives and on and on. 
<laughs> as I said, this author took some real people and gave them characteristics that were not true, and he actually killed off some, and he didn't have others live. So when I learned that it was a real story, and that there were real people whose descendants were still in the area, I decided that somebody had to do a much better job of storytelling, and that mm. meant it had to be me. Wow. So I started putting a lot of those stories I had heard as a child into formats to share with other people. I started talking about it. I started writing. And whether they were cowboys or surveyors or ship captains or captains of industry, I just thought that learning about these people who were of African descent was a whole lot more interesting than what a lot of people were learning in school in their textbooks. Now, was that a precursor to FIGA or was that kind of the actual... That's actually how FIGA started. Okay. And now um, today, it's kind of grown uh, and to now a lot more. It's just lots and lots of, I've lost track. There's probably about 200 pages on the website now, mm-hmm. and thanks to you and some of the other youngins, I can get to some of my old notes and get those put up, because I am I, I'm behind. I want to get more stories up and out. I can't be everywhere doing presentations and workshops, which I'd like to do, so I figure I can get more pages up, and if people wanting to know more about it, we can go beyond it. But the idea that I mean, did you know that there were cowboys in Canada? Yep. I, oh, I, did I think I, I think I knew that. I did not. That a you did not. I will be the only honest one here and tell <laughs> you that. Okay. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and That's crazy. some of and some of the Canadian cowboys actually came from the United States because they went up and down on the cattle drives. And by the time they got all the way up to like the Minnesota Wisconsin border and kept going into Canada, and then decided they wanted to live in Canada and stayed there. So some of the stories about Canadian cowboys, which you know, we should have heard about these as kids. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up, I mean, I think cowboys are really big and special. And uh, the same with sailors and whalers and the idea of people having to read Moby Dick without knowing that there were black whalers, that a black man invented a better harpoon. The idea that the first union in this country were black sailors. Wait, can we talk more about the whales? About I, the whales? Because True's not here, and I really want him to be mad that he's not here. <laughs> yep. Oh. So, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know that. About you the said whalers? a black man invented yeah, the, I didn't know about that. a better harpoon. A better harpoon, okay. And I won't say he didn't invent the harpoon, uh-huh. but the idea of, and I don't know about you, but I don't know how to catch whales. But you see, you True, Truman, give us a call quick. You <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, on, true on the check-in. It's, yeah, it's like, 4 a.m. We need some specialties. It's 4 a.m. in he's South up, Africa. But the idea that you throw this harpoon into this huge animal mm-hmm. and it keeps swimming. So a better harpoon is one that goes in and sticks mm-hmm. like, a, like a good um, fishing hook. And it stays in until the whale gets tired and that's how humans can actually reel one in. So in other words... The black, black man, man is responsible for killing whales? No. No, for not for killing thousands. whales. <laughs> for actually improving an industry because other people were harming the whales and leaving them out in the ocean. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Wounded. Imagine oh. you stab a whale ten times and you just right. can't catch it. It's like, fuck. Well, fuck it. I guess. No, I mean, that's it. We'll just find a slower one. Get the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I take it back. Very unhappy whales out there. funny. 
So a much more efficient way of um, catching whales, as well as there were black captains of some of the whaling ships. Really? Hmm. Well, is there a reason that um, in some of these industries, like, like um, some parts of the military and whaling, where you're separated from society or isolated, that black people were kind of able to like move up the ranks and run ships? Like, Is it just because you're not visible, really, you know, and people don't really see it? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, the yes part is, well, yeah, if no one's around a buggy, you can do whatever you want. Okay. But the no part is you've got to be good. So if you're good at what you do, people won't mess with you because you've got the best ship, you've got the best sails out there, you've got the best nets, you've got the best tools, and you've got the best crew that can bring in the most blubber and whale oil, which is, Mm. that was the black gold at the time. Mm -hmm. You bring in the oil. So if you bring in the largest whale that had the most oil, and then nobody messes with you. Interesting. So as long as your life is on the line or there's millions of dollars on the line, all that race shit goes Those are the things. Absolutely. Jamal knows what he's doing. Let him run the ship. We just need to. uh, (laughs) Well, you know, you laugh, but that actually, and this is, I'm going to change gender here. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to change gender personally, but the story story (laughs) about, and I think I was sharing with you, in terms of there is documentation of a business woman in what is now the state of Georgia. And the reason why we know about this woman is because she had a letter from the then the equivalent of the governor mm-hmm. saying don't mess with her because she she's she brings in a lot of money she's a businesswoman and her name was Finda Lawrence and unfortunately oh, yes, her business was slave trading oh wow she was a Senegalese woman that was the family business oh, and wow. she for whatever reason married a British ship captain and wanted her kids educated here so she ended up in the out in the wilds of Georgia and no one could mess with her because she was making money. That's crazy. Wow. Whenever people um, bring up like African slave traders, and this happens all the time, at least to me, probably because I argue all with racists so right. much. Um, uh, I, you, you know, know, there were. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> White Devil's Advocate voice. Hurry. You know, there were African slave traders, right? You know, all the Africans gave gave all the slaves to the to the slave traders, right? That's exactly how they sound. And then they talk about <laughs> Irish slavery. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I have this like canned response and like some links and shit. They don't care. They they really don't care. But now living in this time, uh, just this week. Ben Carson gave a an endorsement to Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, holy shit, Ben Carson of, would be right. the slave trader like back right. then. Like he's kind of you know he's making a ton of money, oh, wow. he's yeah, doing what's good for him. He knows that uh, like Trump went and called him all these things, said Shots you know fired. said he was you know said he was an idiot, said all these horrible things right. about uh, various different minorities and women. And, and now he wants a job. And now him. he wants a job. Right, exactly. And he's endorsing him, and he's and he's essentially like throwing his own pe- people under the bus for yeah. for money. And it's like when people bring up the African slave thing it's like so what it's like Ben Carson exists does that mean that you know there's that somehow racism like the impacts of racism are lesser or somehow brought on by people of color because Ben Carson exists or so yeah so I I hate when that's brought up but it's still an interesting point that they they were willing to let this woman and a woman of color continue to do her thing as long as it was detrimental to to her own people and um, and she was good at it right absolutely white white supremacy loves to reward that it's (laughs) the idea of and it is correct Slavery existed way before the United (laughs) States ever did, and slavery existed on every landmass. There was some version, but it was never the way that it was done here, Mm -hmm. and that's the important part. I mean, every every country had. I mean, they had wars, they had civil wars, they had you know arguments, they had 
stuff where you go and you have to steal the bride and the dress and you had makeshift that. But it wasn't to harm anyone and it wasn't to wipe out an entire group of people. Mm. It was never taking away the humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have captured somebody who was looking at your cow the wrong way, who maybe took too many, I don't know, took too many feathers from the spirit man. War, who, right? you made them. There were war prisoners, but they were also, I mean, there were, some people were nomadic and some people were uh, sedentary. And if you cross someone's border, yeah, you might have to stay and work on their fields for the season. Mm. And then you go home. But again, you did your time and you went home. So there was never anything, and even with the Romans and the Greeks and every other society. So enslavement, the way that we experienced it in this country and in the other Americas, was never, it was never ever done that way in Africa. And even for some of the African slave traders, had they known what was going to happen to their cargo oh, yeah. after uh, they sold it or gave it, they wouldn't have done it. Right. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there were some. There was a business, but never, ever, ever the way that we talk about it that's, here. That's an interesting point. I never considered that. If you're an African slave trader and you think slavery is like slavery, great white, opportunity. Yeah, yeah like I mean, it's the same maybe, way that you always like going do it. To NFL right. training camp or some shit. And right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, take them for a few years. They're right. going to America, yeah, the right. greatest country <laughs> in the world. They'll right. have. No, yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that never occurred. They, they, they might even have just thought it was like a, a great opportunity. A whole different, yeah, like slavery yeah. over here is just not the same thing that you guys have going there. It's a work study program, right? Well, and even well, and even now in terms of. Yeah, we're eating we're eating cakes and cho- cakes and pies that had chocolate in them. Mm. The dark side of chocolate, and yes, I did say that, is that there's an awful lot of chocolate that comes out of Africa, mm-hmm. and the majority of chocolate comes from the cacao farms that are small family farms. They're not huge corporations, and they use a lot of child labor, and not a lot of it is legal. They actually kidnap some of the kids, oh. and they actually they actually make it sound like going off to summer camp for others and the parents go, wow, what a great opportunity. Oh, man. And there are kids snatched from other... There are Talk kids. about a guilty pleasure. Well, yeah. I, I could Dad not jokes. let us go with all of this chocolate that we've been, yeah, we, including me, have been eating without talking about where it comes from wow. in this day and age. Right. Wow. And the major companies who have been, you know, putting off, to, oh, yeah, we know, we know, we're going to do better, we're going to do better, mm-hmm. and could you give us a little more time? Oh, you know, we're going to get it straight. Give me a little bit more time. Mm. So the new deadline is now about like 2020. And for Nestle's and Mars, and some of the other companies who would say that they cannot put this into effect. I said, well, why not? You know you've got little kids who aren't going to school. Well, at least give them school. At least make sure you cut down the workday. At least give them the right tools so they don't get hurt while they're out there harvesting. Or, you know, at least give the farmers a fair price for their product. So we need to do a lot more fair labor um, advocacy in the chocolate field. What we've been we've done for coffee and we've done for some other products. And sugar and sugar, but we know just like blood diamonds, and we know that there's gold. If we we need to talk about chocolate in the same way, because it's slave labor and it is primarily children. Shit. Okay, uh, you're making me sad, so I want to switch. Again. Okay, we're gonna switch. <laughs> let's go back and talk about. Teeth. I don't like this feeling. Let's go back. <laughs> let's and talk, talk about dental no, hair. Well, let's. We'll, can, do you wanna? Do we can do teeth or the giant heads? I, we'll, we'll, we'll do both. But, teeth uh, would both. be a de- better transition from, from chocolate. From the chocolate. Okay. Yes, yeah. I would okay. say teeth. So let's talk about uh, tooth care and just um, just. So after you're done eating all the chocolate that children have picked for you. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, and to you. make sure there's no mm. harm to our teeth because right. teeth are wonderful and parts of the human body that unfortunately don't get covered under health insurance. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, I'll set up a little background. Uh, yeah, what you said about uh, healthcare. I think uh, if you're on Medicaid, you need like it doesn't cover your teeth, and a lot of people just need to get a supplemental or a different form of uh, of tooth yes. care to to have that covered. Uh, when I was growing up, for a long period of time, we did not have dental coverage, and I didn't go to a dentist for a period of about twelve or thirteen years, like just straight through uh, through my adolescence. It just wasn't in the budget. It wasn't uh, essentially a priority, just based on the way we were living at the time. So certain things fell to the wayside, and uh, fortunately, we you know were able to just brush our teeth, and nothing horrible happened to any of us. Uh, and I do know people who take great care of their teeth, who for whatever reason lo- didn't luck out and have just have bad yeah, teeth. So teeth. so uh, so we we lucked out in that instance, but it wasn't something that was necessarily stressed among even the communities and my friends that I was hanging out with. It wasn't like we were all going to super regular checkups or anything. And uh, I think it's one of those things that, especially with poor communities and communities of color, it's not always seen as like the most vital pressing thing, even though it really is important and it's something that people need to, oh, yeah, um, to take is. care of. Um, so I was hoping you, uh, you, Jackie, not Nate the Great, could give a little... Oh, <laughs> no, I have got, so you, much good tooth care experience. Let me, let's, let, I want Jackie to weigh in on this first. All like, right. uh, your own experiences with it. Why do you think it's something that... Or, or is it something that you think uh, necessarily is kind of fallen to the wayside? And do you think uh, the way we do um, like American dental, dentistry over here isn't necessarily even the best way to do it? Because before we had dentists, people were taking care of their teeth in other ways. Like, what are some of your thoughts on that? And uh, if you could also touch on the uh, the roots, the different roots that people chew on, because I love those. I have like an oral fixation. Ooh. I like to chew on things. And I think that's one of the reasons that even despite me skipping out on some dentist visits, my teeth were all right, because I was always chewing on something. Chewing, chewing is a good thing. Right. And having teeth to be able to chew is a very good thing, mm. because part of what happens to a lot of people with poor nutrition is their teeth get weak. And when the teeth get weak, not only the outside surface, but the roots, and they fall out. And, you know, there's sometimes it's, it is really bad to be hungry. It's even worse to be hungry and not to be able to chew your food. Are you going to eat this cake or? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you you, you, you can finish it. Just leave, leave me the chicken. I need okay. some protein. <laughs> but I've got enough sugar. But the idea of, I mean, there are lots and lots of people who've never seen a dentist and have beautiful teeth. And there are other people, as you say, who see a dentist every year or twice a year and they've got more cavities and false teeth than you can do anything with. A lot of it has to do with your nutrition, which we're, we're back to basic right. basics and getting the good stuff in your body, whether the good stuff has enough calcium and it doesn't mean you've got to drink milk. You can get calcium all kinds of ways. And for vegans can still get calcium from other plants. But it is important to keep our teeth clean and that's the part that no matter what you do and whatever diet you have, and that gets us to the bark and the sticks. And in a lot of Caribbean countries, people don't have toothbrushes. You don't, you, know, you don't need those because they've got the different chew sticks. And in African countries, now I'm not aware of people in European countries using them. It's mostly South America, Caribbean, and Africa that I know about the chew sticks. And interestingly enough, European countries aren't really known for having great teeth. No, they don't. So they might be correlation. A correlation. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they don't have the chew sticks, but they don't. And um, the people who actually you know chew on whether it's the coffee beans and other types of beans and 
sticks, never seen a toothbrush in their life, don't have a single cavity. You mentioned something earlier about, was it the Crest or Colgate or one of the tooth? You had been writing about various things about dental care and mentioning Colgate, and I knew it kind of triggered something in my brain. I went back to double check, and one of the inventors that we never talk about, his name is Dr. Herbert Smitherman, actually created... Sounds like a fake name. It does, yeah. but it's I'm not. Because that's, that's Herb because Smitherman. Herb Smitherman, because yeah. his has son has it, too. Has he assassinated anybody? Because that sounds like a... Sounds like a... a, a <laughs> sounds like some bullshit. <laughs> Well, in addition to whatever his name sounds like, part of his claims to fame is working on the different patents for Crest toothpaste. Okay. And the things that you know, I share a lot with people about inventions that were for household products and farming implements and whatnot, this guy worked for Procter & Gamble, and he was responsible for uh, Crush Soda and Biz, I think it's that Biz Laundry Detergent, Crest Toothpaste, and um, a whole bunch of other stuff. Wow. And I had never heard of the man, not that I've heard of everyone, but the idea that he worked for a company with all of these mostly consumables, and of course you shouldn't be drinking soda because that affects your teeth and you're going to have more Crest toothpaste. Or that's a brilliant plan if you're selling soda and toothpaste. Well, (laughs) and that's what he did. Plus Folgers Coffee. I forgot, I'm looking at my little list here, so he had Folgers Coffee, which of course, you know, darkens your teeth with that, the Crest toothpaste, and then he's got laundry detergent, and he's got soap and bounce, but this is the man that is responsible for Crest Toothpaste, and he's a black man. I should have said that, but I, but the filling in the gaps in American history about figure, and I'm going to get back to teeth, too. If we don't know that these are people in our past yeah. who contributed to these innovations and inventions, you can never shout out, but you can also never be proud of them. Mm-hmm. And as far as tooth care, not that I ever wanted to be a dentist. Sticking my hand in people's mouths is nothing that I aspire to. However, had I known that a black woman went to Michigan med school back in the 1880s to be a dentist, you know, I might have thought about like, wow, women can be dentists and black people can be dentists. And we've got, uh, what were their names? Those, those sisters that were over 100 years old, Sadie and um, oh, I don't remember. Delaney, the Delaney sisters. They were dentists hmm. and they followed their father who was a dentist. So even though dental care was hard to come by and expensive, there were black dentists in the 19th and 20th centuries that we don't talk about for whatever reason and in terms of of careers to go into. Uh, so I, I totally agree. Well, with to be fair, we don't talk about dentists in general. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, I I really like this point because, yeah, we don't. Dentistry isn't really something that we talk about like all the time. I I can't name many like famous dentists, but when you see uh, dentists on TV, or I remember they had that like horror movie about dentists, uh, or just in general, like it's it's, it's always some white guy like on a sitcom or whatever. Uh, And I think when you're when you're young, you're just internalized. Well, this is an area for white Uh, folks. It's something you see. It's something white people do. And like if you just happen to see that representation or hear, hey, the guy who did Crest was black, like you might start thinking, oh, this might not be something just for this group. Just like right. earlier when you mentioned uh, the reenactments, right? I'm just like, oh, it's white people shit, you know, but that's because I never have heard of black people doing that <laughs> stuff. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It means we just don't talk about it. Well, and that's that's a lot of what Figa is about. So it's bringing to light, bringing to vision a lot of people and what they did and, and how they did it. Mm-hmm. I know because I grew up reading Louisa May Alcott books, Little House on the Ferry, on the Ferry, on the, on the Ferry in every place You're thinking else. of the fan fiction. The Little so. House Um, But I don't remember hearing or seeing any books about a black wagon train. Mm -hmm. 
And there were. They existed. Hmm. And back after the Civil War, when black folks were getting out of the South, a whole lot went west, not north. They went west. And they founded towns. They founded cities. They started all kinds of communities. No one ever talked about those. What was that movie with the black cowboys? Which one? Was it Tombstone? Black or Cowboy. Yeah, that's what it was. Black Sada- Cowboy. <laughs> Sadat X. That's right. a Sadat X song. I can't remember. It was just, it was good. But yeah, I, there was, yeah, I there remember was thinking, one. oh, yeah. this is cool. I've never seen this before even, you know. No, but even, but they were there. And part of the reason that we don't know it, I mean, I grew up in the 50s. I'm the old one in the room, and that's okay. That there was a movie about finding a new way to get to the California gold fields. And they went on and on about this particular, you know, how whoever found it. Well, I wouldn't have known anything because it was a white actor playing him. Mm. James Beckworth was a black man. Mm. And they found out the Beckworth mm. trail and a lot saved a lot of lives, but how would I know? There was- see, this is the problem with the whitewashing of Hollywood, and we, we, com- we complain and talk about this all the time, because there are real-world ramifications of this if you only show uh, depictions of people in uh, positions of power and royalty and they just didn't even educated wear dark people. It yeah, was just, just white. throw a white person in there, and now what, a generation Literally of white you're kids. rewriting history. You rewrite history, yeah. yeah, and a generation of in generations upon generations of white kids growing up think, grow up thinking they can do anything right. which is great but then you have all the other on the other side of the coin you have all these women and people of color who are just like I guess that's just shit for white men to do or right. you know so. absolutely so the whole idea about you know cowboys and dentists and everybody else that whenever I hear cowboys about cowboys and some, dentists sounds like the worst cowboys video and dentists, game ever. Absolutely. sounds like the worst like <laughs> Adam Sandler <laughs> movie <laughs> Hey, Doc, hey, Doc Holiday was a dentist. You do realize that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Doc Holiday actually was a dentist. Oh, wow. oh we are talking about cowboys and dentists. That's wow. perfect. Wow. No, see, nobody else, nobody else we've ever had on this show would be able to connect those right, dots. Right. Talk about filling in the we'll gaps. We'll be making fart jokes right now normally, so <laughs> yeah. this is perfect. I love it. You're welcome, listeners. You're learning something this week. Uh, one of the gaps you were able to fill in for me, when we were at a potluck a few months ago, we started talking about the Olmec heads, or, or the head, the giant stone heads that are uh, throughout the Americas right. and uh, how they seem to have African features and that's pretty impressive considering they predate uh, Colombianism and colonialism uh, in that region. So uh, could, would you mind just kind of like giving your little you know blurb or, or information you have about, about those heads and why they're significant and uh, yeah. What do, I, will, I will tell you about the heads. Cool. One, of the, yes. one of the reasons that no figure is filling in the gaps in the American history and I keep stressing when I you know when I'm looking at people I show them the, the American America's, the continents of North, South, and Central America, because they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And I talk about all of them. And one of the things that's pretty easy to see, and most of us don't think about, is that if you look at the continent of Africa, and you just go straight across, looking at the Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. where you land? Well, you end up in South and Central America. Imagine that. So if you were in a proverbial boat, and you were just floating along on the ocean, chances are pretty good you would land in an opposite coast as opposed to further north or further south. So the early sailors, we know that Phoenicians were phenomenal sailors. And oh, by people, the way, how do you make a Phoenician blind? Go ahead. Oh, you poke them in the eyes. Hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's keep going. Right. So for <laughs> exactly. Worth it. Dead. Oh. Dead. <laughs> Worth it. 
So a lot of folks never, ever equated Phoenicians with Africans. But, you know, if you look at your maps and everything, that's where it is. And old Egypt and Kenneth and all the rest of it. So these were the best sailors in the world. So it would stand to make sense, if you were being logical, that if they were curious about going someplace, they would hop in their long canoes or big boats and get there. And sure enough, in South America, there are remnants of jewelry and clay pots and all kinds of things that are evidence that these sailors from Africa landed. So it's more than the heads. There's all this other stuff happening. There are some other things, but the biggest are these heads. And everyone has seen them. They're about like six to eight foot tall. They weigh tons. And they're from people who are called the Olmecs, O-L-M-E-C-S, the Olmecs. And if you haven't seen one, by the way, just go to um, B-Shot Radio's Twitter or or, uh, Facebook page, and it's the cover photo for this week's promo art. I just tweeted it out. And they're found along the coast of South America, Central America. And at one point, and because there are a lot of them, there's not just one. If there was one, okay, somebody had a... Got high one night and just absolutely. Made a giant head. And they decided to just carve this thing. <laughs> but there's a whole series of them. Yeah. And and it's not an accident. Somebody said, well, they're wind worn. And that's why it really was a jaguar. Those things have got. <laughs> they're definitely flat, human heads. There's they're no, yeah. flat. You no. know, there's, <laughs> they've got flat noses wind. and wide lips. Damn. And now let's face it, those are African Why people features. stretch any shit? Wind? I can't even believe that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's the that's wind. I'm going to go ahead and say that's the wind. <laughs> That's the saddest gap you filled in tonight. Listen, somebody false. tried to say that was wind. They were, yeah, they're wind war. It was elements. a jaguar. It was somebody's imagination. No, no there's a whole series, and they are located in sites that um, now they know they were government places or sacred places. So they were important. It wasn't somebody, as you say, who just got high and decided to sit there and carve a big stone. Mm-hmm. These things are way too big. They're not portable. They're not easy. It takes years to make them. You guys clearly have never been to my apartment, though. <laughs> I got like 90 of these things. Over. <laughs> well, you said you've only been there a couple of years. Right, true, yeah. You don't even know your neighbors in no, that's true. And then looking at the details, because these are huge, huge stone sculptures. The details have got you know, like curly cues around the hair. And I don't know how many you know animals have curly cue hair. And they have some that look like corn rolls. So these are very clearly African features. And the African settlers who got there and met up with the native Indians and whatever conversations they had yielded the result was this series of heads. And I don't care who wants to argue what. They are huge heads with African features. If you think they're anything else, keep it to yourself. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. They're super impressive. And there's dozens of them, as you were mentioning. Uh, and there's one that's not finished. And it looks like it's mm-hmm. not even, uh, it's probably like halfway done. Right. And all the rest are, are finished. So uh, I'm super curious as to what happened that they stopped. Like, did, was that just the, the day that uh, like Europeans Somebody landed. Yeah. There? That was yeah. the day that somebody landed and they all had to get out. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, you can't, like, you can't bring it with you. Leave. Your head. I'm sorry. You're not gonna. Go. Yeah, you can't finish it. If you value your life, just you know. I would be so mad. I'm mad. We're gonna leave cake behind tonight. I can't imagine <laughs> having like a, a head that you start. You're halfway. No, we're gonna take cake. And you've been carving a head for like home. five years, and now you yeah, just gotta stop. Like, oh, I guess this is it. Uh, they're, yeah, they're really impressive though. And uh, have you have you ever seen one in person? I, I kind of no, not yet. I'm, I'm hoping that. to. Bucket list. There's mm-hmm. um yeah. I mean there's there's actually a, a world famous historian that is a Facebook friend, and um, I haven't met him in person either, but he does tours all over, whether it's in Europe or Asia or Africa, and last year, no, two years ago, he had offered tours in Mexico and Brazil, 
and they stopped and checked on some of these heads, and I really, really want it to go. Mm. So maybe in the future. We got to do that. Mm-hmm. Somebody set up a GoFundMe for that, too. Yep. Right. Yes. Um, I'm with that. And uh, one last thing. We're now, it's, it's a little after 11, so now we're in Beach Shot After Dark, which is what I like to call this. Uh, so we'll be wrapping this up soon. After but um, you had mentioned, uh, normally when we do the show, uh, we reach out to the guests that are on and ask if there's anything they want to talk about, and we all talk amongst ourselves, and we're all just like, not nah, really, whatever. And we just kind of pull it together last minute. You, I messaged you the same thing. I messaged everyone. I said, there's some things you want to talk about, and you sent me a list of like 45 things. Uh, so I had to, <laughs> I had to like pare it down, and we covered some of them tonight. But one thing that was interesting that was on there was about jury duty. And uh, hey, I just got called for jury duty. Sorry, I know it's all about me. I just deflect. <laughs> I just put the attention so all onto me again. No, that's good to know. That'll White tie privilege. into this I next know. segment. Uh, there's there's two things I want to talk about. <laughs> One was was your comment. You were saying uh, you felt uh, people of color, black people, should not be trying to avoid jury duty. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to toss around this this uh, hypothetical situation uh, where instead of having uh, juries sit in on trials, we have blind juries where a trial occurs and then the transcripts are given to the jury so that they don't use race, gender, or hmm. speech or anything to influence their decision in the trial. So those are uh, two things we can talk about. First, uh, why do you think, uh, well, whatever you want to do, but but we, okay. so let's address both. Okay, we're going to talk about juries. Yep. And one of the things that I was, I was at a book discussion earlier tonight and we were talking about justice and some of the stories that we are given or told about justice in this country, and especially that justice is blind, is fair, and that you know, juries, you're going to be you're going to be judged by you know, 12 of your peers. Years and, a, yep. and the reality is that's not true. And it's very important that people of color fight to get on juries instead of trying to fight to get off them. Because if we look a lot, if we look at a lot of the cases that have been that we've questioned over the last few years, and then you look at the jury and the jury pulls, it's they're not their peers, and it's not. But fair. how do you fight to get on a jury? Don't you just get a letter in the mail randomly? Like I, I got called. That's once a good question. That's what yes, a lot of people don't know how you get that letter, and that gets us back to voting. Jury letters come from the voter registrations. So if you don't register to vote, you are never going to get called for a jury. I used to think it was from homeowners or that it was from certain blocks or whatnot or that they would kind of go through every so often. I have a disagree. You can disagree. Um, For 10 years, I wasn't registered to vote, and every year I got called for jury duty. And I never went. You had never registered to vote? I never registered to vote. Right. Oh, really? But this is is how it's done now because I'm not. Yes, I agree with you. Because there were some people who got called all the time. I lived in Queensbury for, I think, 15 years. I registered. I paid my taxes. I participated on surveys. I made sure my name was everywhere and never got called. And then other people got called like every other year. So now, and that's why a lot of the things have changed over, now they're taken from the voter registrations, Mm -hmm. which supposedly is more fair, except people who don't register to vote and a lot of people who've had difficulty with the criminal justice system mm-hmm. who don't know that they're eligible to vote and in some states they've been taken off the polls completely so there's an awful lot of people and especially people of color who are not on the voter registration list and will never end up on a jury list so and that's what I'm saying we need to fight to get on because to, just to even it up 
also the people who were getting letters every other year and getting to make decisions about other people, they've now changed it. So like you, once you serve, I think that you're good for like six years. You can't, they can't call you again. Correct. So you used to have these people who made all the decisions and other people who made none. Hmm. People of color need to be in the room listening to what's going on and being able to make decisions. I've been successful once. I've been called a couple of times and I get disqualified because they ask you, do you know anybody in this profession? Well, yeah. Or have you ever had this happen to you? Right, yeah. right. So to get yourself qualified, you have to kind of sit there and listen to see which way the attorneys and the judges are leaning. So why? If they... I'm not going to tell people to lie. Okay. I'm going to say you have to listen carefully to see answer what it creatively. is. Yeah, answer carefully, answer <laughs> creatively, exactly. And you know, if if they're asking people about, you know, if you've ever rented an apartment and you actually have signed a lease, you can say, you know, I leased. You can say no to the rental you lease. So you can answer correctly. And you can hear which way it's going. And you don't know when you're called for jury duty if you're going to get pulled for a civil or a criminal. But it's important because look at some of the cases when they pull when they pull the jury as far as why people voted the way they voted. And most times it has nothing to do with the evidence that was presented. And even though you're told to only look at what was what was presented at court. I'm here to tell you, after sitting in a deliberation room, it's like people were bringing all this other stuff. Well, you know, if not now, you probably did before. Or this, excuse me, excuse me, we only have this to look at. Well, you don't know that. You can't discuss it. You can't bring it in. Right. And if you're not in the jury room, you can't squelch that. There was mm-hmm. there was a case we discussed uh, recently on the show where I think it was in Utah, there was a uh, black college roommate and his white roommate who was doing all these like horrible racial incidents to him, like writing uh, nigger on the chalkboard and and leaving nooses around the house and all this like crazy stuff um, and they used to call him Three Fifths that was his nickname oh. right it's like Three oh, Fifths compromise right. so he's doing all this racist oh. stuff finally the kid has enough and he goes to school and he tries to um, press criminal charges for hate crime and also um, academic charges and the all white jury dismissed mm-hmm. all the hate well, crime charges of course charges. there's nothing wrong with that and uh, yeah all, you know all white and, and you just think that how could that even with a white jury I was surprised that they, they were like oh well those that's just kids joking that's around just, but right. if that were if that were a jury of his peers I don't I don't think that would have happened. Um, Nate, you said you just got called to jury duty. I did. But did you get accepted? Are you going? What are you doing? Are you excited? Are you going to try to um, get out of it? I, you know, I've always tried to get out of it in the past. I think the last the last time they called me, um, they asked me some kind of question, and my immediate res- response was, um, I'm not really comfortable with saying anybody's guilty of anything. Right. <laughs> and immediately, don't. don't I'm, I'm done. I'm done, right? Because obviously <laughs> the uh, prosecutor or whoever doesn't, doesn't want me on the, on the jury this time i think i'm gonna go in with a more open mind um and i'm just gonna you know if because there's a whole process right so first i have to call in on the weekend right and if my number is on their list then i have to go in the next morning i need to report to court then what happens is you sit all day yeah you sit in like the the chambers or wherever the the crowd in the court would sit um while they go through the proceedings and, and there's like a lottery and so they'll call like six names out yep. of a hat, and then those six those six numbers will go up. You get paid for this? Um, I, yes. You, you do yes. get. I think if it's you, like yeah. If you work for a company and yeah, you have to sign in. You do. Right. If your company doesn't pay you, then the city or the the county will. Yeah, but right. it's 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 minimal. It's really it's like yeah. forty dollars a day or right. something like that. Right. Um, and so anyway, what happens is you know they'll pick like six names out of a hat, and then those six people will go up. Everybody else will.
will will stay sitting, and then the lawyers will start asking them these types of questions. Do, do you know any doctors? Assuming the, the case is related to a doctor. Um, do you have any strong feelings about blah, 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 blah? Have you ever been involved with this? And then they'll eliminate a few people, and then they'll bring... Round two up. And so that's kind of the process. And what I've found in the past is that if you don't get on a jury on Monday, eh, there's a low likelihood that you're going to be called in again. But that's just my personal opinion, being there two or three times. But it depends on. I've been called. I've been on two. I've been called two or three times at this point. This. No, actually, this might be my third time, actually. So March 21st is the day that I'm supposed to report. So I'll need to call in the weekend before. Was that all for Albany County? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, because they they kind of put all the names together, and then they say like numbers blank to blank go over there because that's going to be in the county court, right. and then blank numbers here to here. You're going to go do this, so you've got. It depends on how many cases they've got going. It's right. already stressing me out. So, isn't this part of the reason that people don't aren't jumping to do this? I mean, exactly. this is like this sounds horrible and boring, it, and I got to deal with my. Job <laughs> it's seemingly so incredibly you know, difficult. Yeah, um, it's you know it's kind of under that your civic duty, which is why they've made it. You don't do a, you don't have to do it as often as before, mm-hmm. and I think it's the one out of six years that you go and then once you call it your name, you're cleared until the next batch. Right. Yeah, it seems like it's like a, every six years or so. It's, yeah, yeah. That, that seems like almost seven years in itself because people. Who are disproportionately like poor or just you know dealing with life? How are they going to be able to? I, I got called for jury duty once, and I happened to be homeless at the time, and went to my sister's house, and she gave me the letter. And uh, this was when I was a kid, you know, I was like nineteen, and um, I just remember being like, "Fuck this!" Like, right, this I got is the last thing I care about. And yep. I put, but the letter looked superficial, and I was like a little scared. I didn't know what was going on, so I mailed it back and was just like, "I don't want to do this." Like, I wrote that on the thing. I don't want to do this, <laughs> and that was it. Um, but it's like if people are, <laughs> no, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I have to mail this back. Or the feds are going. They're going to come after me. So, um, so it yeah. just seems to me like if people are disproportionately going through shit, or they're just poor, or they're worried about they're keeping their job. Let alone, oh, I need to take a day mm-hmm. off for jury duty. Right. Like you don't know what's going to happen, if, especially if your job is like hit, you know, touch and go. So it just seems like it's already it's slided already stacked, again. Yes, yeah. yeah, against those you people. Know, part part of it is, but also like an employer cannot, you know. If the employer says anything to you about jury duty, like the county, the county can come down on the employer. Yeah. So they've made it. It's not so much you anymore. It's the county is making you do it okay. and whatnot. But I really want to get back to the point of in terms of I think it's really, really important because the first time I went through, which was years and years ago, it seemed like the only people left were the, those who didn't have good excuses. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. people even had elective surgery just to say, well, I can't do jury duty. I am having a mole removed. Oh, wow. Um, and at one point, that would work. But now, it, now it doesn't. I'm more concerned with mass incarceration and the people that are being charged and convicted because they're being judged by not their peers, mm. and they're being judged by people who know little about them. They're just guessing, assuming, and presuming. So I really need, I really, really would like to see more people of color on jury polls. Cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm now that I think I will definitely make an effort to do that. I haven't been called recently, but now I'm a little more stable, so it's something more feasible to do. And I also think, just like Nate said, I'm not comfortable making anyone guilty. I would love right. to just kind of sneak on a jury and just get someone out of jail, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. what they're doing, especially if they're in there for Freedom. some BS. Like, you know, like what oh, happened yeah. to Marky be... Sticks and or, or oh, all these man. like random cases where they're but, sending kids away. And that's just it. Look at those cases. Yeah. If you were on if that you were jury, that one person, if yeah. you were the one in the room that said, like, no matter what what you say, I'm yeah. not changing my mind. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can, 
You can cause a hung jury. <laughs> you can you know, cause a mistrial. And mm. kind of on, touching yeah. on that too, the point that you put on, the kind of twist that you put on, the whole blind aspect of it. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere in the world that, that actually operates that way? No. No? And one of the things, and I'm glad you brought that up, because part of the difficulty with that, mm-hmm. if you're asked to just give someone text, uh, look at the literacy rate in this country. Mm. There will be people who will be unable to read that. Right. And yeah, you can like, read it at an intelligent well, I, adult I, level, too. I, if you recall, well, that's what I mean, to yeah, be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. actually read it and make any sense out of right. it. Yeah, in, in terms of what happened in the Trayvon Martin trial, where his, uh, his friend went up to testify, mm-hmm. I think if that were just transcribed, a lot of people would have a hard time understanding what, what, uh, what she was saying. And she yes. spoke like three languages, so it was like a little broken English happening, and she had the Patois thing, and it was just, I, I could see that people not translating well. It. Yeah, it would have to be either edited for content or you know translated some way, and even if it wasn't, then people would still be able to have a bias because they'd say, oh, this is clearly a foreigner, right. um, so I'm going right. to... Yeah, there's a lot of issues uh, with it. One thing I thought of, too, um, uh, how it could be detri- detrimental is if you have these patterns happening where you have, say, uh, police killings of, of people of color or racially motivated things or gender-motivated attacks, and you strip it of gender and race and even the size and age of people, right. um, now you can't really... These patterns, you can't even like necessarily see these patterns, and a jury might not... Those things sometimes can be relevant to well, the... Well, the to difficulty the, with that, I hear what you're saying, and unfortunately, when you strip out so many identifiers, yeah, yeah. Um, there could be a plus to some and mm-hmm. some serious minuses with others. Mm-hmm. So well, like I, you, I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't necessarily see how it would work. And if you had an incident where there were like 40 cases of white cops killing black dudes or, or black people, and then uh, none of the jury never knows that juries never right. know it. Like it's like they would just think, oh, these are just a series of isolated incidents, right. and their race doesn't matter. I'm colorblind, you know. And I, yes. I can see that being super problematic too. But on paper, it kind of seems nice. Like, oh, it would be great if the juries weren't going into this right. having their own racial biases and uh, and gender biases and ableism, ageism, all that playing such a huge role because mm-hmm. it plays a huge role. There are people it who, means- the second they see the defendant, they know if they're guilty or innocent based on mm-hmm. all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why defendants generally are able to get you know some of their own clothes or their attorney makes sure that they bring a jacket and so you don't have, you don't walk in wearing the jumpsuit and you mm-hmm. don't have that and you know women are given dresses or not coming in with you know little coochie tops and little whatnots and, and being judged <laughs> right I mean, away. Well, yeah, the idea right, of right. the idea of dressing for of dressing for court mm-hmm, right. and say but yeah I mean, I'm wearing jeans out there and this person's wearing a dress in there how come she's not wearing jeans right. but yeah that's it's part of unfortunately it's part of the show mm. it's and it's so that, sad that you literally have to do that that you have to almost just try to work yeah. against you all got, these you got to get a haircut you right. got to do this and right. And who does that affect? Again, the poor and mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. call it like it's the right. same people over and over again who are being negatively impacted mm-hmm. by by that whole show of it, the show aspect of it. Right. Yes, and then you've got the person who's got the five hundred dollar haircut mm-hmm. because right. they made bail and they were able to do something. Their family got them really dressed for the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it's it's a big show that needs to be brought to an end. So given that we're still in the system and participating in it, one way to possibly do that is to stop shirking jury duty and just just do it and represent you know your absolutely so it's it's a your actual peers are, are represented on the jury hmm. that sucks because jury duty sucks and I really want to do it but yeah. <laughs> but it's the hard truth it is like until Jackie we come up is. until we come up with something better which we have to do Masai mm-hmm. we have to do it Masai you may actually really like jury duty because don't you get to go back to chambers and like argue everything out like you might be yes. really oh I get to go to chambers I would say every, well I would not say to every judge chambers court, but like oh. jury chambers I would go to all the chambers I would say yes. every <laughs> Every 
only court phrase I know I'm throwing out there. Can I book? I'd object from the jury box. Oh, you you actually can do a lot of things from the jury box, which courts no no one tells you until you get there. It's like, wait, but as a juror, I can do that. Yeah, oh, okay. You can do what? What are some of the things that you can do from the jury box? Can I like order food or what? A lot of grub of it from the box. Exactly. You can request kind of like instant replays. Oh, really? What? Yeah. I've seen so much Law and Order, and this is just right. well, and all this yeah. time. And that's why is that how much like, of it is true or not? <laughs> and yes. you know, some of it is, and some of it isn't. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, exactly. Speaking of uh, a better way to do things, we're going to wrap things up. But do you, did you come to a conclusion, pie or cake? Which is now that we've eaten so much of it, <laughs> and literally there's too a graveyard. Is too much. There's a graveyard yeah. of cake and pie in front of all of us. Steven's yeah. got one. Yeah, bu- right. Steven's got a button open on his shirt. Oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what are you thinking, pie cake? I think of the assortment that we. Been provided for tonight. Uh-huh. I would have to go with pie. Oh, yeah, what? oh no! Chuck went up to the pie. So we're not, oh, yes. not going to invite you back on the show because of that. <laughs> I'll come back anyway. But, but no, seriously, thank you so much for coming tonight. Uh, this has been incredible. I'm so glad this is on a podcast. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, please do so. Tell other people to check it out. Um, this has been a pleasure. We're glad you're okay and you've uh, survived and bounced back from your your accident. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to having you back 100% in the community. Uh, tonight, you were already running a book group, and uh, I'm sure you'll be back at the next Cami meeting. So it's great that you're just coming back and, and, uh, and you're around. And uh, again... Yes, claps. And, and again, uh, while I'm sorry what the incident happened, I'm glad that a lot of people have gotten to uh, kind of come together in this time and get to know you better and just reach out. And uh, I think we should all, if there's anything we take away from this episode, buy your neighbor a cake. Go, go see if they... Uh, pie. Cake. Whatever. Cake. Pie. Cake. Pie. Pie. See, <laughs> introduce yourself. See if they need help. I know we didn't. We, it doesn't snow anymore in New York, so so you don't have to help them <laughs> shovel out. But th- those are the type of things maybe we could do, especially to people, who's, people who are elders in our community. Like, reach out. Like, mm-hmm. why, why not? Be, you know, there's no reason really not to in it, and you might find it's uh, really rewarding, and definitely was for me. So, uh, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank yes, you for the definitely. invitation. Thank you. Um, I'm going to sign off. To, uh, this is Masai signing off. Do you have any shout outs, and then we'll kind of go around? I am shouted out. You're shouted out? We did, we did a lot. We did a lot of shout outs. Well, thank you again. Uh, Masai signing off. JB, and I'm out. Steve Struis, I'm out of here. Thank you. DJ Nate the Great, and I'm out. Cool, we did it. Shout out to Next time, I want to tell my, de- you can my tell tooth it. care. Tell it right now. It's Beach Out After Dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to agree with you. Tooth care is very important. Um, and it's all about gingivitis. It's all about taking care of your gums. <laughs> Listen, gingivitis is serious. Is I have serious, gingivitis. Yeah, I have serious, gum sir. disease. Really? Every yes. You that's have why great you teeth. A, you have great teeth, bro. For, well, He's first of all, work on it. I, bro. First of all, I had to get, have a surgery two years ago. Oh. Um, where what they do Did is they, they actually, sew it back on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to JV. I so know. close, so close. Um, no, what it is is I had to. Ha- it's basically essentially a deep cleaning under the gum line because what happens is if you don't floss, flossing is extremely important. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not not taking away anything from chew sticks or whatever else, but flossing and getting in between those teeth is extremely important, especially for the people that are prone to gum disease, mm-hmm. because if that bacteria works its way up to the gum, mm-hmm. what happens is it deteriorates the bone. The bone. Oh. Weakens and that's why the teeth fall out. So every day I got the stimulant sticks. I don't use floss. I use the stimulant wood sticks. 
sticks and you stick them between every tooth really? twice Wood a day. Sticks. Yep, twice a day. It's way more awesome than floss. Really? It's yeah. awesomer than flossomer. Oh, awesome floss. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to ask Marlon Jackson about this. I've yeah, never you heard should. About you this. should. Um, the he hasn't sti- been active on Twitter since 2012. Yep. By the way, I looked it up. And um, I brush brush twice a day, and the stimulant was six twice a day, and I have to because if not, then I have to have that surgery again where they like numb you up and they go up and do the deep cleaning. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yes. So two things we get, three things we can get out of this: floss, don't shirk jury duty, and say hello to your elderly neighbor and see if they need help. Yeah. Okay. And woods and and, and stimulant wood sticks are better than floss. Stimulant wood sticks. I'm gonna look these up because yeah. I, I actually kind of like flossing on some weird level. Oh uh, well, <laughs> it is satisfying. It's satisfying, right? Yeah. Cool. You should try the I'll, next week. I'm bringing um, wood sticks. sticks for everybody. Oh yeah, do that. Wood sticks for um, everybody next week. And next week, DJ Truemaster will be back. He's gonna Ooh. tell us all about um, South uh, Africa. So I'm really looking forward to that episode. Uh, yeah. So oh, don't forget go to beatshopmusic.com and click on store, and you can purchase the Beatshot hoodies. We have them back in in for pre order. We got the zip ups. We got the pullovers. All that cool stuff. Right. And all the money you use will go towards our cake and pie fund. So word it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. No.
Now this one dedicated to the girl with the angel face and the devil heart. You know, so rock off and check out the most new pop players come to deal with the case. Top up my youth, hear this. I know this little girl, her name is Maxine. Her beauty is like a bunch of rose. If I ever tell you about Maxine, you only say I don't know what I know. But murder she wrote. Real, real. Murder she wrote. Murder she wrote. Murder she wrote. I channel with him, a pretty face and bad character. Then the kind of living can hold Jack up. Follow me. A pretty face and bad character. The kind of living can hold your cousin, girl, you're pretty. Your face ain't pretty, but your character dirty. Girl, you're just a act too flirty, flirty. You run to Tom Dick and also hurry. And when you find your mistake, you talk about your sorry, sorry, sorry. Come now. Have a cozy kind of way she jokes and way she jam. She know about loom, black and every money man. Make love with a coolie Chinese, white man and Indian. The wickedest kind of girl that Miss Flyers go pop and don't know you heard about this girl. Her name is Maxine. Her beauty is like a bunch of pros. <laughs> And if I ever tell you about Maxine, you would say I don't know what I know, but murder she wrote. Murder it, man. Murder she wrote. Murder she wrote. Na na na. Murder she wrote. Watch her now stand still. You're not paying me like bill. You're testing ragamuffin, girl. You're going get killed. Girl, keep wait. Cause you are creme, creme. And the lyrics when me talk, it me DJ, girl, come out. Because you're not shock out. And when you hear the ragamuffin, if you jump and shout, don't touch me gate. You're not paying me water with the concretes. Great, great, you're under it. From me, you pretty face and bad character. Then the kind of living can hold chaka for me. You're pretty face and bad character. The kind of living can hold up a single you're pretty. Your face ain't pretty, but your character dirty. Tell you just a act too flirty, flirty. You run to Tom Dick and also hurry. And when you find your mistake, you talk about your sorry, sorry, sorry. Now every maker and they are this young girl of a passion. For the coolie white man in the end, nothing killing it fun. I just the other day, me see her six months pregnant. Now she back on sweet again with not a baby in a prom. Who you heard about this girl? Her name is Maxine. Her beauty's like a bunch of roses. And if I ever tell you about Maxine, you would say I don't know what I know, but murder she wrote, murder she wrote, murder she wrote, na na na, murder she wrote. Excuse me, girl, we never know what's going on here. Ragamuffin, Jack, and Demon's come to flash it to you. Oh, 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 flummy, your pretty face and bad character. Them the kind of living can hold Jack up, flummy. Your pretty face and bad character. Peace out.